welcome to Wilhelm. I am your host, Ben Beck, and this is the first episode of the new season of episodes. And as we have been doing for the past couple years, we are kicking it off with our favorites of the past year, that year being 2023. Uh, but to do that, I, of course, need my guests in for this journey first. Uh, she is returning since the Oscar episode. At least I think that was the last episode she did. I'm pretty sure. Uh, she's an actress from out in the California area. Please welcome back my friend, Brandy. Hello. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and she, of course, is my co-host on the Revisited podcast, now currently covering Ted Lasso, in which we are in season two. And she, of course, co-hosts the movie swap episodes here on Wilhelm as well. Please welcome my great friend, Kristen. Hello, hello. Namaste, baby. <laughs> Namaste, baby. <laughs> it's become the popular sign-off now for, for Revisited. <laughs> so, I love it. Uh, but as I mentioned, yeah, this is our favorites of 2023 episode previously called best of 2023 but i was i realized i'm like you know what that doesn't really work because we're not choosing the best we're choosing our favorites right so that is the reason why we're doing this and brandy you brought up a good point before we started recording this is a rough year to kind of choose some favorites because there was a good gap of time with writers and actor strikes where we didn't get a lot mm -mm. it was really boring for a while well, television is still kind of boring, to be honest, because there's a lot of stuff that's still like we're in a very quiet time where there's really not a lot of new stuff on right now because production companies weren't able to film. So mm -hmm. they're just now getting back to work, which means we're not going to see new stuff until March Next or April yeah, of this year. Mm -hmm. So it's still going to be a couple months before we're going to start seeing some stuff return. I really like that, though. Um, honestly, I like a big like lull because I'm somebody that just doesn't have the time to see all the shows that I want to see. So when there's a really big gap in time like this, I feel like I can revisit all of these shows that either I started and stopped or, you know, put a bookmark in to watch later. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, well, I mean, I just did from the time the strike started up until maybe a week or two ago, I just completely rewatched all 15 seasons of CSI. <laughs> That's dedication. That was a journey. Um, and yet you know, you and, and, and because justify. of <laughs> I'm working on it now, I have half a season left. If you don't count city okay. primeval and then I have to watch city primeval. I don't. Yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it will be interesting to see, though, when all, like, the big shows come back, like, how much of a boom happens. Like, because I feel like Stranger Things and Wednesday and, like, all those, like, really big shows that everyone's, like, waiting for mm. is going to come back around the same time. Like, next year, I think. Or the year after. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, Stranger Things is, like, my family's number one can't wait, like, can we get it now show right now. Yeah, I'm just so interested to see with those shows, like how they, because they're all supposed, like Wednesday and that especially, they're supposed to be like teenage, teenage kids. So I'm so interested to see how they all play it. I need, yeah, I know I the, the one that show. Wednesday's really good. Um, That's what I hear. Can I watch it with Danny and Adam? My kids are 10 and 12. Uh, I don't. I don't uh, I mean, it depends on how scared they are. Of they're things, Stranger but, like, Things fans. They're really... obsessed with Stranger Things. Then I think they'd be fine. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they'd be fine with Wednesday. Um, I don't, I mean, there's nothing really hardcore about it. There's like, obviously, there's no sex in it. There's no, I don't think there's any swearing. No. Um, no, yeah, no, I think, uh, I think the kids would be fine. But like, but yeah. like basic. Like, I think her friend says like a couple words, but there's no like really, but anything. There's no like, F bombs. Anything someone else wouldn't have said. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I okay. think they'd be fine. Cool. But I mean, like even movies too. I mean, you know, we talk about TV, but even movies as well. Like you look at the fact this is the first year in a long time that this is the longest stretch we have gone without a Marvel movie. And even oh. still, um, we're only getting one came out. this year. What? Oh, you mean 2024? 2024, like the end of 2023 into 2024 will be the longest stretch without a Marvel film. Well, when Marvels came out in what? November? Yeah, the Marvels. Well, I said the end of 2023 into 2024. All right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, the only Marvel movie we're getting this year is Deadpool 3, which that's the only one that matters in my opinion. So I'm fine with it. I need need Shang-Chi to come back into my life. I don't know. Oh, I like that. Well, right? That was one of my favorites after end, my, one of my after Endgame favorites. I just a couple years ago, like during like lockdown, sat was like everybody else and sat down and like watched all of the Marvel movies. Nice. And I live by myself, so like my friends were laughing because I was like texting them like updates during Endgame, <laughs> which had been out for like forever, and they're like, "Oh, Bran, oh, Bran!" <laughs> like, like all the girls are together. <laughs> <laughs> She's not alone. She has help. <laughs> yeah. I stood we up in the theater. It. I was so excited. <laughs> I think we, I lost it. Didn't we just like, talk about friends. that scene like not too long ago, Kristen? Last week. Yeah. Yeah. Was it last week? Yeah. We talked about that scene because how so many like men were like so up in arms about that scene. It's like, why? Like, that's a powerful scene. Shut up and sit down. Yeah, let just Say, let I it be. love the behind the scenes stuff too with poor Tom Holland who like leaks everything. So <laughs> he didn't know that he was going to like a funeral or something that day, and he just like showed up and like everybody was there. Just he was stood so there. Confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they had uh, they had Benedict Cumberbatch uh, go with him on the press tour because every single time <laughs> yeah. he would say something. <laughs> They, yeah, he was like his guardian to like reel he him was, in. So he, he goes, there's a anything. reason why I'm with Tom on this. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's not allowed to do this by himself. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. Um, Let's get into some of our top fives. Because uh, we got, you know, we have top five TV shows, which we're going to do, and then top five movies. So we got a lot to talk about still. Um, So let's get into some of that. So. As is per usual with the format of this podcast, neither Kristen, Brandy, or myself have revealed anything that's on our lists. Uh, we'll be revealing as we go along uh, so that this way we don't influence each other's lists. Uh, and, of course, because we're going to be talking about reasons why we chose these, some spoilers may come out. So you have been warned about that as well. Uh, but we'll go from five to one, and then we'll knock out a couple quick honorable mentions. Uh, top five television shows, starting with number five on our lists. Who who wants to kick it off? Yeah, Kristen, you can do it. Oh, okay. Well, number five is kind of um, number five for me is kind of weird, just because I know a lot of people hated it. Um, but my number five was Yellow Jacket season two. Um, Dave and I got really into Yellow Jackets last year. So what we did was we watched season one right into season two. I think season two was like maybe a couple episodes in. 
by the time we finished season one. So we just went right into it. And it was really, really dark and depressing and crazy. But for some <laughs> reason, I was here for all of it. So I really enjoyed the second season of uh, Yellow Jackets. That I mean, it's an interesting choice because I know a lot of people actually did really like season two of of Yellow Jackets. I I think what happened with me and one of the reasons why I wasn't too crazy about it was because right after season one ended, I had all these people hyping it up to me, telling me like, oh, I need to watch Yellow Jackets. It's so good. It's so good. And then I watched it. I was like, okay, yeah, it's good. It's not as great as everybody is making it out to be. I think it got a little overhyped to me. And then when I went into season two, I watched the first episode and I'm like, you know what? Uh, this just doesn't hold my interest. Like, And I stopped. So, uh, I don't know. One but, of my things is that I love, I, I'm a child. I'm a teenager of the 90s. And mm -hmm. the 90s nostalgia that's going on in that show is just it must be what people who really identify with 80s culture feel like because i was a yeah. kid I, I was born 1980 i was a kid during that time like i remember a lot of it but not like the 90s shaped who i am today and so and their graduation year is the same as mine like everything just lined up for mm. it so i just really dove into that show and christina ricci like i grew up on that girl she is everything <laughs> And Melanie, Melanie Linsky. Lin, oh, Kristen. Linsky, you were there. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. You, got it. <laughs> you were there. Fantastic. Adult Van was cast perfectly. Adult Lottie was cast perfectly. Juliette Lewis in that season. Yes. Can I just yes. get an amen? The fact that <laughs> they hired Juliette Lewis and she's 10 years older than the rest of the adult cast because they wanted her to look older because Natalie had gone through such a rough life anyways, I thought was brilliant. So I just... Oh, I didn't know that. Well, so I don't know if that's really the truth, but that's my headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. We're going to go with it. I love I like yeah. it. Um, so anyways, it's just, that's why I love Yellow Jackets so much. And I, I get the 90s culture whole thing too. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I know there are people out there that weren't crazy about the movie. That's one of the reasons why I really enjoyed Captain Marvel. Because there are so many 90s references through that movie from her crashing into a blockbuster to the soundtrack being like really like purest forms of no doubt. Like it's it's a great nostalgic movie. It was all women, too, that were singing. So like my daughter had a Captain Marvel playlist on her phone now because she loves all of she loves garbage and cranberries and no doubt. And my 90s <laughs> teenage heart is happy. So <laughs> No, but I get. I, I love Yellow Jack. I get that. Oh, you do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Am I allowed to say if it's on my list or not? Yeah. Uh, you, if you want to, or you can just wait till we get to that point. Okay. So whatever. Well, yes, it's on my list. Well, <laughs> I, why don't we move it over to you then, uh, Brandy? Number five on your list. So number five on my list for me was, um, and it's like it is a show, but it's not like an ongoing show. It's like a limited series, I guess. But I love him. But it's called Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, I want to see that so bad. I, that is on my list it's to watch. A, Oh, it's a uh, Mike Flanagan. Yeah. He's like one of my favorite directors of like all time. It's so good. And it's just, it's what I think I love most about him as a director and like the people that he gets is like, you really have to watch and pay attention. And the acting is so good. But like people, funny enough, people really like did not like the show, but I think they didn't catch because I love all the Poe references and like, but I don't, I think the reason people didn't like it is because they didn't 
understand what he was trying to say about it, if that makes sense. Like, they always have meanings. and mm-hmm. they, But I got it for my own self, and I was like, this was a baller show. This was great. So I teach Poe in my class. So if you're a Poe fan, I imagine this is going to be a show very directed towards that fan. A hundred percent. They're all all their names and all like the the granddaughter's name is name is Lenore. Ooh. Like her grandmother's name is um Annabelle Lee. Lee. Like it's it's all like connected. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Is there a mysterious death and, like, in the a gutter? Raven is like the big. <laughs> the Raven is like the big scary thing that follows them throughout the entire like seven. Episodes. I have to see it's this really show. Good. I've I've heard a lot of great things about the show, and I I too am also a big Mike Flanagan fan. Um, Midnight Mass is another great series of his. Um, oh no! Did you not like Midnight Mass? Absolutely not. Oh, not okay. That is my least favorite of his. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm excited too that uh, from what I've read, if there's any truth to it, Mike Flanagan's going to be doing a a limited TV series on the Dark Tower. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. needs to be a TV series, like movies. It it shouldn't. It should have never been a movie. Um, that is such a great story. It needs to be a television series. So I'm excited that he's behind that too. But Fall House of Usher is on is on my list to watch. You have to let me know what you guys think after you watch it. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait. Uh, my number five is something that we didn't get a lot of in 2023, but we got enough of it that it made it to my list. Um, we got the return of Doctor Who in 2023 uh, in the form of three television specials and a Christmas special, uh, all bringing back the fan favorite Doctor of David Tennant, um, Donna Noble, at, or Catherine Tate as Donna Noble, and then also at the same time, introducing us to a brand new doctor the show was great it was a soft reboot of the series itself we got great moments from neil patrick harris who were part of it and it was the first time in almost two years that we got new episodes of doctor who um now not counting a tv special they did in october of 2022 um but the last episode of doctor who itself was december of 2021 so had been almost two years since we had gotten it. And what we got reinvigorated my love of the series. So I was incredibly happy with all three of those specials and the Christmas special. So four specials. So there was no way in hell that when I was going through the things that came out in 2023, Doctor Who was not going to make my list. I have to confess, I've never seen an episode of Doctor Me Who. neither. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I've done scenes from the show in like my acting classes. So like I sort of know them, but like from my own brain of them, but it's, it always sounds so good. I just never sat down to Is watch it. Is it that it's overwhelming because there's so much content? Yes. Well, I mean, and here's the thing I will say about that too, because I've heard a number of people say that same thing. It's like, oh, I don't know where to start. There's so much of it. Do I watch the old original stuff or do I just start with the new stuff? And even if I start with the new stuff, that came out in like 2001. So there's still like over 10 seasons of it. I, I will say this. As I mentioned, these specials kind of act as a soft reboot to the series. So if you were ever going to jump into Doctor Who, now would be a good time. Because it's an introduction of a new doctor and they're continuing on now from that point. So Mm -hmm. if there was any interest, and this isn't just for you two, this is for anybody listening. uh, 
now, if you've ever been interested in it, now's a good time to do it. Especially now that Disney is on board and now they have like Disney production money, their product, their production value has stepped up significantly in these three specials and the Christmas special. All right. So love it. All right. Uh, number four on the list, Kristen, what you got? My number four is a show that I am still, um, I'm still one episode from finishing the most current season only because we've been rationing it out so slowly just because of the strike. We've been wanting to save mm-hmm. our television. Um, and it's the bear. So the bear is so freaking good. I don't I s- know what to do. To me, it's like a kitchen version of Ted Lasso for my heart. And <laughs> I just love that show. Um, most recently this season, um, my favorite, favorite episode was called Forks. And I don't know if you guys have seen The Bear. I've never seen it. Me either. And I need to because I was a server for so long. Everyone I talked to was like, you're going. Yeah, to love so it. I was a so server too list. for 15 years. And if you have been in the restaurant business, mm-hmm. this is like you have to watch it. Um, but this the episode Forks in season two really, really, really affected me because it's this character that starts out and you just know in the very beginning it um Dave and I looked at each other and Ben you'll appreciate this uh we said uh we're going to be so mad when he wins us over <laughs> and, to, and Dave goes oh, oh yeah we'll be furious furious <laughs> and what happens forks man it just it comes and it hits you right in the heart and you love it and it's just I don't know. This show is very special and I'm glad it's getting the recognition that it deserves. Yeah. It's, it's been a big enemy contender in that it won a number of Emmys. Um, but yeah, it's swept I will, I will say one of my favorite moments from the Emmys this year uh, involves the bear without involving the bear. And uh, I still have it. So a friend of mine actually got to be on the press part of the press core team for the Emmys, but he was on the virtual team. So, you know, anytime somebody won an Emmy, they would go backstage and they would give their speech to the press that were there, but they had virtual people there to also ask questions to. So the reason how this moment is, is related to the bear, but not related to the bear is that after John Oliver won his Emmys for last week tonight, he went backstage and one of the virtual press tour somehow confused John Oliver with the lead from the bear. Jeremy Allen White. Yeah. Which they don't look anything alike. Anything alike. Different generations. Well, I don't know if this person was just confused as to like who she was talking to, but she asked John (laughs) Oliver a question about playing the character in the bear. (laughs) and john oliver as brilliant as he is played right into it i love it and it was so funny because he was silently laughing to all the people that were there so my friend told me about this moment and i was like dude please tell me you recorded it he's like oh i recorded it so he sent me the clip and i've watched it like five times and it's hilarious it's it's hysterical I love the girl from that show. I don't know her name, but she like the main girl. She like has gone on. She said one time as a joke, she's a comedian on a red carpet that she played the donkey in the Banshee of Inishirum and like did an Irish <laughs> accent. 
And from then on, Ireland has literally adopted this actress. And, like, she sang Ireland in her Emmy speech. Like, she claims that she's from there. Like, Ireland has, like, tweeted about her. And, like, she's so funny. But, like, I love that it's an ongoing thing. She played oh, the awesome. donkey in the Banshees of Inner mm-hmm. Sheeran. And she, like, talked in, like, an Irish accent. And it's just, like, blown up from there. She, like, thanks her home her home like her home place and like all of a sudden then she thanks ireland as well and i'm just like what is happening (laughs) that's hilarious that's awesome yeah she so she plays a character on the show that i have a lot of trouble with um so i'm i'd be interested to know what you guys think of it if you ever see the show um is it aoa debris yeah okay yes uh but ebon moss bachrock bachrock whatever um I've loved him since I saw him in The Punisher. And so he was in The Punisher and then he and then I saw him again in Andor and I thought he was wonderful and then now he has this really great part in The Bear and I'm just thrilled that he's getting more and more good stuff. It's on my list to watch. I really do need to to watch that show. I've had so many people tell me to watch that show. So if nothing else, putting together these lists for top five movies and television has made me realize as you mentioned earlier, Kristen, my to watch lists are long. They're long Mm -hmm. for both. Um, And just to, just to let you know, John Oliver was born 1977. (laughs) Jeremy Allen White, 1991. Yeah. I don't get it either, but you know, somehow this woman, made the mistake so but i love that he rolled with it and like didn't make her feel bad he rolled right along with it it was so damn funny yeah class that (laughs) um brandy number four so number four for me is a show i actually recently got into but they it's like a long-running show it's um but then they had new episodes out in 2023 um it's on netflix it's called call the midwife i've heard of this and it's just such a wholesome, like, it's one of those shows that I like that I can just put on. It doesn't matter what episode I click. I just put it on and, like, it has, like, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And, like, that episode's over. But, like, I really love, because it's based off of a novel or, like, a memoir by this woman named Jenny. And they have, like, an older woman, like, an actress, obviously, that, like, intros this that episode and, like, intros from her actual novel and then, like, outros it. And it's just so wholesome. And, like, it's, it's set in... England in the 1950s about like midwives and like the people on the East End. And it's just such a good awesome. show. The acting's so good, it just makes me happy. I've never, I've, I've heard of it, but yeah, that's another one I've never seen before. So it's really easy to watch, which my brain appreciates. Sometimes. I love okay. junk food television. My junk food. And like it's about sisterhood and like I love that it has all these different like women in it. Like they're all different ages, all different sizes, all different shapes. But like it's very interesting to watch them like kind of figure each Mm -hmm. other out and like help the new mothers. And like they use actual like infants during like the birthing scenes and stuff, which I find so interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to add it to my list. There you go. (laughs) Uh, So... so, My number five or my number four, 
um, actually is a new show that did come out this year in 2023. Uh, and it's a network television show on, from, uh, it's, uh, on NBC. Now I, I was a big fan of the show, the flash when that was on CW. Um, but even before that, I was always a fan of Jesse L. Martin going back to like the days of rent and, um, some other shows, but there's a new show and Kristen, I think I made this a recommendation on revisited at one point. Uh, there's a new show that debuted this year called the irrational. Uh, on NBC with Jesse L. Martin as the lead. He is a world-renowned behavioral scientist, behavioral scientist. Um, So it's all about like them, like the FBI bringing him in to figure out like the minds of people that are committing crimes and, and such like that. And he plays this character so well that, you know, my love for him as an actor, in addition to this character is just really drew me in. There's only even, the show is so new. There's only been seven episodes. Uh, and then it took a break and now it's actually think coming back this week, uh, with the eighth of this season. So it debuted back in September, but man, I fell in love with this show from the first episode, which is rare for me when it comes to network television. So I, I knew when I was putting together this list, I was like, okay, most of my, most of my other shows are streaming shows. This one, I had to put a network on there. So the irrational is my number four. I have not seen it. Brandy, have you seen it? No, I had never. Then I'm two for two. The shows neither of you have seen. (laughs) 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 And I am okay with that. It sounds good though. I love him too. Actually, I don't think any one of us have had a show that the other two are watching. (laughs) You know what? That's a good well, no, I think Brandy, you had seen Yellow Jackets. Oh right? yes, you did see Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Okay, we got Yellow Jackets. <laughs> yeah, we got Yellow Jackets so far. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're killing it, guys. We're doing we're killing so it. well. Hey, it means we're covering a lot of stuff, which is fine, mm-hmm. and it shows how different our tastes are. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, Kristen, number three on your list. Well, number three is I had to put it in is Ted Lasso. The finale season of Ted Lasso. Um, I really just, I'm really sad that it ended. I'm sad that it was the last season. Um, I just thought it was so well done and so well written. And when you really look at the show, you see that they had a complete idea that they followed to the end. Um, You know, and there's just so many characters in there that after a while, you just feel like they're real people just because they're written so well and they're acted so well. And, the characters are so fleshed out that it just, I don't know. I was really, really sad when it ended because I just felt like I was losing some friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know for a fact that I've seen the show because we yes. podcasted on it every I week. I know. Uh, but let's see how our track record is going. Brandy, <laughs> have you seen Ted Lasso? So here is my thing with Ted oh, Lasso. Oh, no. I, <laughs> so I have not seen the whole show. And I think I've committed a crime with how I've watched it because my friend Thomas was so mad at me that I haven't seen it. It's like his favorite show, one of his favorite shows of all time. So we were sitting there having a beer and he put on the first episode. So I've seen the whole first episode. And then he put on the last episode. That's (laughs) no way to watch it. And the last episode and like maybe one in the middle. But I haven't like really watched the show. But that's that's my connection with Ted Lasso. It was good and it was wholesome. I had fun with it, but his wife was not pleased. She was very upset. Well, I, I, I would be too. Don't understand that. 
That's like. I didn't hate it though. I was like, oh, cool. I saw it come full circle, but I. That's like, did. that's <laughs> like putting on Empire, um, um, Empire Strikes Back for somebody. But right before you hit play, you tell them, oh, by the way, just want to let you know that Vader is Luke's father. Just so you know that ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Like that. No, that doesn't work. I, I will. But I'm also the girl who like doesn't care usually about that stuff. Like I am the girl that when I read a book, I read the last no. page before I even start <laughs> the book. Like I'm that I'm that human. So like didn't really bother me. But now I'm like, oh, I should sit down and like watch uh -huh. the rest of it. So I know sort of. Well, going I will on. tell you that um, if you do decide to sit and watch it, um, we Kristen and I know two people that podcast on it that would probably help you along your journey. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. I'll definitely have to, I'll have to tune yeah. in. We'll get the information. I I don't know it yet. <laughs> we'll figure, yeah. We'll find out where, where you can listen to them. I, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, Brandy, you're number three. Three. Three is, okay. Um, three is the show I had, I, it popped up on this streaming site Plex that I use <laughs> and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. I'm like really into horror. I'm really into like mysteries. And I don't know if you've seen it, Ben, but it's like a show called From. I have not seen it. And it's really, at first I was like, what is going on? But like, so I am one of those people too that like, I need there to be a conclusion to things. Before I even watched it, I made sure that it had like at least two seasons. I think almost positive that like, unless they cancel it because of the strike, it like has a third season coming out. The acting is so good. I literally guess everything like through every episode and I'm always wrong. Like it just takes it in such weird, but kind of cool directions. Do you know the premise of the uh, show? Michael I, from I, Lost is in it, right? Well, I was I was just gonna say, yeah, like I, I think so. those same two people that we mentioned who podcast Harold about Perineo? that lasso. Perino. Whatever. Yeah. Harold Perino's the lead of the of the series. Um, I do not know the premise of the show. So basically, I'll dub it down quickly. Basically, like this family goes on a road trip. I forget where they're going. And they come across this like log in the middle of their of the road. And then they all get out and they see these birds and then it freaks them out and they get back into the van, their RV. And like they drive past this town and then they drive past it again and they drive past it again. And like they realize that they're oh stuck God. and every single person in this town has seen the same tree, has seen the same birds. And then at night, you find out that like all the windows are closed and all the doors are locked and like the main guy comes through with like a bell and like everybody has to be inside because there's these like zombie creature monster things that are dressed like they're out of the 1920s to 1950s. They all look human and they will like tap at your window and if you open the window, they like pop through. Oh my through gosh, and, I need like, to see this. This them. sounds so good. But you're, they're literally stuck there. Like there are people that are there that have been there from when they were like children and now they're like old people. So like you age there and like time moves on, but there's all these different mysteries and like they literally are stuck in this town that looks like it's something from like out of the village. It's so good. Right. It sounds so good. You did such a good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's so good. I was like, I was watching it and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then I got hooked and I was like, this show is so good. You have to watch the trailer for it. It's so I good. actually has a podcast for it. What's that? 
podcast oh, really? has a podcast yeah, for it. I was that's actually what I was just about to say. We have yeah. friends that actually podcast on it every week. And I think they've actually like had a number of the cast they've on the show. They've gotten the cast, the director, the they've gotten like a whole well, bunch really of people on the show. Well, they and they were able to do it because at the time that the show came out, there wasn't a lot of buzz for the show, so they it was right. easy to get the actors because they were looking to promote it. And since right. then, they've actually built up like a nice relationship with the cast and the crew of the of the show that now that they're going into season three, like they'll constantly like tag them and in Instagram posts and everything and they share them. They've gotten a lot of good traction. And it's because they they took a chance podcasting about this show that a lot of people didn't know anything about. And it stuck. So, oh, I yeah. love that. Well, what I really love too, and I know I'm taking up a lot of time on this show, but it's one of my favorites, is that the, so I think like, we'll say like three of the leads, you would be like, oh, I know yeah. them, but like everybody else. And there's like, it's a big cast because it's, you have to see the same. I think they even keep some of the same background people. Like you see the same people throughout the entire show, but like, I don't know anybody else in that show besides like maybe the three lead people. Everybody else is really Ooh. new. So I thought that was really Okay. Cool. I'm it's it's on my list to watch at some point too. So I'm doing it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and it's really easy to watch, but there's so it's many really scary. You'll have to let How scary is it on a scale of one to scary? <laughs> <laughs> it's more I always say this, it's more like thrillery, like your heart your heart beats at some points really quickly because like they get stuck outside or like stuff happens, but like there's one scene the first episode where I would be like, um, maybe like a 12-year-old couldn't watch this because it's a yeah. little gory, but like the rest of it is it's pretty CGI. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you like it's not like crazy. Well, Kristen's asking for herself because she's a chicken when it comes oh. to horror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I I think you could watch it. <laughs> she wasn't asking for the kids. And he was really not asking slow. for like, my kids will probably they could probably handle a lot more than I can. <laughs> well, the creepiest thing too is like the monsters aren't like zombies in The Walking Dead. Like they move really slow. They move at like this normal pace and they oh. all smile. Woo. They smile the entire series. It's it's weird. No, I need <laughs> but to it's see so it. good. I'm gonna see that for <laughs> sure. Uh, that takes me to my number three. Um, my number three was a sleeper, man. I, a lot of people didn't know about this show until after it was over. And I remember watching it on a whim and being, and then after like the first episode, just telling everybody like, do yourself a favor, go watch the show. Cause it's brilliant. Um, it's a freebie show of all the streaming networks. Uh, it's a show called jury duty. Oh, I knew I was wondering where you were going to put that show. I knew you were going to. Uh -huh. I don't know if anybody else has seen this show, but this show is so damn well done and so smart in that it. The, Brandy, are you familiar with the show at all? I am. I haven't watched it, but I like have seen all the clips on TikTok and like all that stuff. So I know. Like, yeah. So anybody listening who's not familiar with the show, the basic premise is that it takes place in a court during a trial and they have a jury of 12 actors. They, they have a jury of 12. Eleven of those people are actors. Only one person thinks he's there to legitimately be part of a jury. 
<clears throat> and not only not only are the 11 actors 11 people in the jury actors the lawyers are actors the judge is an actor <laughs> every single person who is on this show is an actor with the exception of one person and it's so smart because they even bring in a actor to be part of the jury in James Marsters and he Marston. plays himself <laughs> Marston James Marston you're right yeah. um James Marsden, and he plays an exaggerated version of himself as one of the <laughs> jury. It is the it is the kookiest, like it is crazy. Just the shit that they put this guy through is ridiculous. But he is such a nice guy that he goes along with all of it. It's only eight episodes. I think they're only maybe half hour episodes, so it's an easy binge watch. Um, but this, but the they have the, one actor on there that if you're a really big fan of Parks and Rec, like I would feel like the gig would be up. Yeah, because there is one. Well, if if you mean if the guy that was the actor on the show, Joe, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so if you yeah, if you were a, a fan of Parks and Rec and you were chosen to be the one real person, yeah. it would be a little bit of a giveaway. Um there actually is another person in the show too who I was familiar with in uh oh god, I can't remember her name now, but I know her from uh from Dropout or College Humor because she's one of the comedians on there. Uh and now I can't remember her name for the life of me. But it's the same kind of oh Lisa Gilroy. Um yeah, she it's the same you're right he would have been a little bit of a giveaway, but I'm sure they probably screened a lot of people at the time too. Yeah. To maybe find out where stuff like that. Oh, maybe happens. Yeah. Um, I will say the dedication that they, they do for that to like, keep it not authentic, but to keep like, like going. Cause I know in the one episode, someone uses a real name and they just like have to yeah. roll with it. And like, so that episode, I've seen parts of that episode and I was like, they committed to this. Like, they, well, I mean, yeah, because like it's, it's a a lot of it is improvised from the actor's point of view. They have to Mm -hmm. roll with whatever this guy gives them. But one of the other brilliant things about the show is that the, the actor that plays the judge is actually a judge in his real life. So he does acting on the side. And it's the same thing with the lawyers. The lawyers are actually trained lawyers. They went to school, they went to law school. So anytime any of this stuff would happen That's and cool. like they had to improvise actual courtroom stuff, they all knew their shit. Like they knew what they were doing. I would love to know what right turn your life took if you <laughs> studied, <laughs> trained, whatever, to be a lawyer. You're a lawyer. You've passed the bar. You know what? I think I'm going to try to act. Hey, like, look. I- and even more so You're a right? judge. Thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> look. Brand, Brandy lives out in that area, so she could tell you anybody could be anything out there. Uh-huh. So, I'm from, I'm, yeah, I'm you're from, from yeah, you're from California. Yeah. Born so. and raised, California. Yep. Yeah. Are you really? <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so, yeah, so jury duty is just, I highly recommend that to anybody who just wants like a quick binge of just something fun and different. That's, that's my number three. Awesome. Uh, Kristen, number two, number two, uh, I really, I, it, my number one and two are tied really just Interchangeable. Totally tied. Yep. Um, so I'm just going to talk about it now cause I love it so much. And that's Ahsoka. Um, 
I knew that was going to be on your list too. Oh my gosh, did I love this show? I I could I already couldn't wait for the show. You know, we're big Star Wars fans in my house, and Ahsoka Tano is by far and away um, one of our favorite characters. And I think Rosario Dawson did such a great job uh, introducing the character in The Mandalorian. And then when I found out that not only are they going to do an Ahsoka show, but they are going to finally end, conclude, resolve Ezra Bridger's story from Star Wars Rebels, and all of these Rebels characters are coming into live action Star Wars. I just, my brain (laughs) melted. I was so happy. (laughs) It was just every week I was just basking in happiness of Rebels and Ahsoka and just all the goodness that came with it. And one of my favorite episodes was Shadow Warrior, which if you've seen the show, which you haven't, asshole. um, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Have you seen it? No, you're not. No, you're not. So there's this episode, Mm -hmm. Shadow Warrior, and I won't give too much away, but Ahsoka has to basically kind of confront her past with her master. And so the whole show takes this journey in a different realm, and it is beautifully done. There are some massively... uh, massively big moments in in her journey and these these realizations that she's making and they're they're paying such wonderful homage to her master and who her do, do you know who her master was what, at least? isn't her master anakin anakin yeah okay it's anakin yeah. skywalker uh before he turned into darth vader they have so is hayden christensen in it he is in it and okay. he yeah. is I do know that. incredible in it. And for me, I I really, really hated him as Anakin in the um, prequels. Everything that I thought about him in the prequels has been reversed. Watching him, I've watching him that. in Ahsoka. I just, I want him to have his own series at this point. I thought he was great in Obi-Wan. Mm. He is fantastic in Ahsoka. And the way that they use him, the way that the story revolves around her and her and trying to resolve her past with Anakin and usher into this new version of who she's going to be. It's just, it's a beautiful show and I just can't wait for season two. And I know you're still mad that I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but you managed to binge watch 15 seasons of CSI. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I know that's, that's going to be like my, that's the port. That's a, that's an excuse for a lot of people now. Even my mom said the same thing. She's like, why have you not finished justified? I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to get through it. She's like, yeah, but now you're like 10 seasons in the CSI. She's like, how many, how how many episodes is the season of CSI? I'm like 22. She's like, yeah, justified is 13. You could have finished two seasons by now. I'm like, all right, mom, shut up. <laughs> yelling at you. And Kristen agrees with every word my mom says. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so it, it is. My number two is Ahsoka. It is on my list. So I, you know. Uh, Brandy, number two. So I have a feeling that this is going to be on all of our lists, but my number two was The Last of Us. Yep. So obviously, we got one, guys. We've all seen it. Yay! We did. Yes. We got one. We got one. We've all seen. 
But I think the reason I loved it personally is because I am not a gamer. I knew absolutely nothing about the game. I just knew that like was like this hyped up show that was coming out. And like, uh, it was fun to like text with my friends during it who like knew more about the game than I did. I didn't know anything. But what I found really like intriguing about the whole thing is obviously it follows Ellie and, oh my God. Joel. Joel. Thank you, Joel, the whole time. But I didn't realize that like every episode obviously is a part of the game. But you get so attached for one episode to these characters. And I was just like, like to the to the co-star characters that came in, like Storm Reed and Bill Offerman. And like, I cried. Nick Offerman. Almost every episode. <laughs> I cried. Everyone. And I'm not a crier. And I was just like this. Okay. This it wins. The show wins. I will. I will tell you right now. Um, I'm just going to tack on because The Last of Us is actually my number two as well. It's my number one, so we can just all talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we can just all talk about it now. That makes that makes things a little easier. Um, you're right. The show follows the game pretty well. Uh, there is one episode that kind of breaks away from that, and that is the, the best episode of the season. It is the Nick Offerman and um, oh my god, that episode! I um, can't remember his yeah, it's name. It's called Long Long Time. Long Long Time. Um, it's the Bill, yeah, the Bill and Frank episode, um, and it is He's Nick Offerman. The, this too. Why the other guy? I, yeah, why can't I think of his freaking name? Um, uh, oh, Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett. Um, that episode, I didn't know what to expect because I was waiting for Bill and Frank to come into the series, but what they did with that episode was so well done that I cried by mm -hmm. the end i was crying by the end of that episode because it, it's different than this it's different from the game it is the biggest departure from the game is though is that story of those two characters and i immediately the moment that episode was over i said i was like nick offerman's gonna get an emmy nomination i was like you know what fuck nomination nick offerman's gonna win an emmy for this mm -hmm. like he's going to win his first emmy for this and then when the Emmy nominations came out. I was so excited to see him and Murray both get nominated because they're both phenomenal. And then rewind to a couple weeks ago, Nick Offerman wins his first Emmy and it's for the last of us. And I was like, I called it from the moment that episode aired, he was winning an Emmy for that. And he did. But yeah, so did, that, uh, so did storm Reed. She won for the yep. last of us as well. Yeah. But yeah, the show handled the telling of, the game so well and you know with the exception of a couple episodes as we mentioned like the 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 uh the frank episode and such there were a couple a couple differences that strayed away from the series but it man it told it so well and i'm i can't wait for season two even though it's gonna break a lot of people's hearts so it's uh if people thought season one was harsh <laughs> oh boy just just get ready for season two it's a it's a longer story it's a depressing story it's a stressful story because i think they said i think season they're going to be telling the second game mm -hmm. in two seasons i did read that like that's the plan i think i do you think that it's to get to give enough time to the game makers who are working on season three i don't think they've I don't think they've officially announced the third game is coming. Oh, yet. I thought I've, that they did. I, I think it's I'm been rumored. Um, 
I think it's been rumored, but no, I don't think it has anything to do with the game. Um, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's just because that in that second game, because it is a longer story and it is more detailed, mm-hmm. I think they just want to give the proper respect to the game yeah. itself in spreading it out among two seasons. Okay. So I think it would be too, too much to put it in one season. I get that. So. I understand that. I, you know, we, we had just started playing the game. So Brandy, you never watched the game mm-hmm. or never played the game. And Ben, you did play the game. I've played one and two multiple times. So we started playing the game a long time ago. And then I don't know what happened, but it just went by the wayside. So when Last of Us was announced and we were getting close, we were like, hey, let's try and play the game before it's before it comes out. And we got to Bill in the game. Mm-hmm. And we were now playing like up to the part that we've seen. In the, and finally, we were just like, you know what? Let's just stop playing the game and just enjoy the series. So we hadn't seen anything, played anything past the Bill episode. And I'm happy that we decided not to do that because I just thought the rest of the season was so good. And Melanie Linsky's arc was also beautiful. And I loved that entire storyline in that in the show. I just thought I it was her. awesome. I just love her. So... Yes. I you see, remember I, her on Ever After back in the 90s? Yes, of course. She has the best clapback in like cinematic history. Of course not, mother. I'm only here for the food. It's my favorite. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's see, I, I, like, I've loved her ever since then, so I'm so happy that she's finding like a lot of success too. right now. See, I I go back to when it comes to Melanie Linsky, I go back to her being the crazy ex-girlfriend of Charlie Sheen's character in Two Oh and a yeah, Half yeah. She's in one who's a most likely years res- ago. Her first ever film is with Kate Winslet. She's like 13 or 14 in it, and it's called Beautiful Creatures. And they play crazy humans. I've seen that movie. <laughs> that's her first ever <laughs> thing she's ever done. They like were in her town oh, that's crazy. with Kate Winslet to like find the other person and she auditioned for it and got it. I love her. Good. I'm glad. Me too. Yeah. Um, she was also in Fargo one season, wasn't she? I didn't watch that. I don't know. Was she in a season of Fargo? Now I got to look it up. She's like that person, though, that like, and I feel like it happens to a lot of actors, but she's one of those people that like, she's getting huge success now. But like, when you watch things, you're like, oh, she's in this. Oh, she's in the, she's in like everything. She's like Octavia she, yes. Spencer. She was not in Fargo. Okay. I'm thinking so. of someone else then, but that's okay because she's brilliant in everything she does anyways, so it doesn't really matter. This is such a side <laughs> note. Have you ever seen the movie Drag I think it's called Drag Me to Hell? Yes. No. Okay. Yes, I have. That sounds like something I would so not. I, and see. It, but it's funny. It's like a funny <laughs> horror movie. It's not all that scary. But Octavia Spencer is in that. She's literally a background character. She doesn't have a single line, but she's like a featured background person in that movie. That's awesome. Um, she's also wait a she. She has a small, like a small. She has, I think, two lines, one and a half lines in the movie SWAT. Yeah. Hmm. I think so. Yep. Yeah, I remember because I, I 
that was one of also one of the five DVDs that I owned when I was younger. And so I remember when I started seeing her pop up and all the stuff, I go, that, that's the lady from SWAT, like every single time. Um, Wait a minute. Hold on. Back up for a second. Drag Me to Hell is a funny horror movie? I would movie? think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say it's like um, a legitimate I, serious horror film. Um, I, I think you're confusing that movie with a different movie because Octavia Spencer is not wait, in Drag Me to Hell. Let me make sure. Uh, she says, uh, wait. <laughs> yes, she Oh, yes, is. she is in Drag Me to Hell. Oh, She's in, She works at the bank. Yes, she is. Um, She's the office lady. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I watch and I was like, but, that is her. That, that's right. She does. She works at the bank um, that uh, Allison Lohman works at. Um I don't think that's a funny horror. I think that's a straight really? up horror. Yeah. Sure. With, I, with I her agree. and Justin Long. Yeah, that's a really? that's a horror movie. It's Sam um, Raimi. He doesn't do funny horrors. Oh. Well. Melanie Linsky was in Coyote. Yeah, she plays the best friend from Josie. She's yeah, she's um what's her name's best friend? Piper Parable. Okay. I remember I'm that. Lame. I remember Piper Parable. Yep. Sweet Home Alabama. I remember her. She's such a good line. You have um, a baby in a bar. Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she was also in uh, Castle Rock. Yep. In the first season of Castle Rock, which I think was a fantastic show that I'm still pissed off got canceled. Yeah, she's been in a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, she's in, but I'm a cheerleader too. And she's in New Zealand. She's also um, Matt Damon's wife in The Informant. Which is a, a good movie. I did not see it. Gosh, she's wonderful. I love her. Um, all right. So that was <laughs> two. That was Brandy's number two, my number two, and, and my Kristen's number one. Number one. Yes. <laughs> so so that brings on us, Brandy's number one. <laughs> we're back around again now to Brandy. So Brandy, what is your so number one on the circle, list? Because my number one is Yellow Jackets. <laughs> Yay! Oh, okay. But I think what I like, the reason I chose it for my number one, well, one, I watch it every week. With my best friend and her husband, we like sit and have wine and we like have dinner and we watch this weird show. But what I really loved about it is that like, I love that there's like two guys in it, but it's like mostly all young women. And like, you never really see, especially young women, like, can I curse on this podcast? Like lose their shit. Like, and they (laughs) lose their shit in season two. And like, I think... Oh my gosh, they go they feral. go crazy. Like you see it a little bit, and you're just like, yeah. oh, all, all right. Like, but it still flashes back and forth enough. But like in the second season, my friend's husband laughs at us because the first season we were like, where is like this event? Like, where do they eat people? Where does this happen? And then like shit happens in season two, and we lost our minds. And he was like, you have been yeah. begging for this for like an entire season. I'm so confused. Oh, I lost my mind. Because we did not know how far they were going to take it, yeah, I think. Clearly not. And they take it far. Well, and they say, like, we've done things. We've seen things. And I'm like, but what? What have you done and seen? I don't understand. <laughs> and then they show it. And I was like, oh, oh, you, oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I <laughs> totally the agree. For that I is also wild because you could literally put their faces next to each other most of them and they're like almost identical. 
Especially for Natalie's character, I know. right? And do you know? Yeah, Natalie for sure. But like the Melanie Linsky and the girl that plays her in real life, yeah. she's a French Canadian blonde haired, blue eyed woman. No, Where she's not. I've seen Elise. Look her up. She's like blonde, blue eyed, French Canadian. 100%. Oh my. I would <laughs> never in a million years think that. I do miss Jackie. Oh, me too. I miss Jackie, and I am very interested. Can can we do spoilers on here, Ben? Would you? Mind? I I gave a spoiler warning at the top, oh. so yes, you can. I'm really wondering if the coach lived through this. I know. Do you think he burned the house? Because where did he go? Did he set it on? Yeah, did he set it on fire? I don't know. But what I think you'll love is that they're coming out before season three. They're dropping a quick episode. And Melanie, yeah, the extra episode is going to be in it. Jason Mm -hmm. Ritter. Yes, I'm very excited. I want, I need it to come out like right now. Like, I don't understand why we don't. (laughs) I know. And like how they left it all with like the cancer. Does she have cancer? Like she's dead. I'm, I'm, I like need to know what's going on. The fact that Van didn't die and Natalie did makes me want to like, I know. Although Van, Van for me. So I'm so lost in this conversation. Sorry. Van for me, I will say though. No, it's fine. Now has the best, I think, has the best arc. Uh, adult Van is everything I wanted She's her to be. She's brilliant. She was in, oh my God, what's another show with Rupert Grant from, um, oh my God. Is that where he Bro- plays the, the computer lazy guy? The, he plays, Rupert Grant plays older van's brother in a tv show for like five seasons yeah i think oh um i think if it's the same show i'm thinking of it's the show that takes place yes, here in philly yes mm-hmm. it's m night Shyamalan. a servant that one. servant yep she's like the lead yep. in that oh, okay. and she's great in it i was thinking of him in sick note oh, i don't know that he plays a Fucking loser in that, <laughs> in that movie. I had to I stop actually, watching because it was ruining Ron. Oh, I love him. I actually got really disappointed when Servant ended um, because because of the fact that it does take place here in Philly. And I heard a lot about the fact that Rupert Grint would basically just when he wasn't shooting would just wander around Philly. Oh, I believe that. And I'd be like, oh, like it'd be a cool opportunity to run in the Ron Weeds Ron Weasley in I Philadelphia. Uh, he seems like such an interesting dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my number one. Yeah, yeah. Yellow, yellow jacket. I thought like the acting was so good. I thought they did a really good job of like younger and older them, of like keeping up mannerisms. Like the girl that plays, which I think is so interesting actory wise, the girl that plays Oh my god, what's her name? She's got like seven personalities. No, oh, no, no, the other one. Uh, Jasmine is her name in real life. Uh, what's her name? Oh, uh, Taisa. Uh, so I thought it was interesting that they sat down as actors, older and younger, and like would go through the script, not line by line, but she would, like the younger version would say to her, like, how does she say this line? Like, does she say like out or does she say out? Like certain words, like they would have to like nail how they said it. I thought that was so interesting. That's amazing. Like, what is she a left? I love it when like, actors have the freedom mm-hmm. to do that too. You know, and like how they write, and like they each had to like figure out like a mannerism for like their walking. Like they had to really work together of like 
So, so it progresses because like you walk the same most of the time or, and if you don't, why? Mm-hmm. So, but I did, I love the actory wise. I was all about it. I am really, I'm invested in Ty's story, but I'm also losing interest in Ty's story because it's so freaking complicated and over the top that I really like, it's becoming almost like a soap opera when we focus in I on know, her. But I'm also like, girl, where's your wife? You left your wife in the hospital. <laughs> And why don't you care about her? Like, where's your kid? Yeah, totally. And who has Mm -hmm. the dog? Who has Steve? Where is Steve? It should not be her. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I've taken a backseat to this podcast. No, it's fine. It's totally fine. You should watch Yellow Jackets after you watch season 22 of CSI. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck no. Bullshit. Um, that leads me then into my number one, and you know what? We've already—it's already been mentioned. So of course, I—I'm going to mention it again. Ted Lasso, easily number one for me for 2023. The show. There's a reason why we're podcasting on it every week on Revisited, and but just in general, that show is so full of positivity mm. and emotion that. And Kristen and I have mentioned it on Revisited a number of times that it is a show that came at the right time when so many people needed it. Me being one of those people that I just grew such a connection to that show, to the characters, to the stories, that I it has become my favorite show. It is probably my favorite show of all time. Yeah, I mean, and that says a lot because Kristen and I's friendship is based on our love of friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Friends is very high up on the list, but uh, Ted Lasso, I think, has taken the number one spot as one of my favorite shows of all time. I would agree. It, it is a show that I just absolutely adore um, to the point where like, I have Funko Pops of the characters. I just went and saw Brett Goldstein perform live here in Philly this week, which was an amazing show. I can rewatch this show over and over again and never get bored of it and laugh every time. Yeah, I watch every it. episode is wonderful. Every single episode is wonderful. Well, I mean, with the exception of last week's episode. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into that conversation. No, we already on had this it. Podcast. Yeah, it's recorded on last week's episode of Revisited. Go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's two people that podcast on the show. Go check out their podcast. <laughs> Um, so now that we've gotten through the top fives, we can throw out a couple just honorable mentions real quick. We don't have to go into too much detail about these, but I'll kick this off and I'll throw out just like three or four honorable mentions on my list. Uh, Welcome to Wrexham is a fantastic documentary series on um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney performing, uh, uh, purchasing and managing the AFC Wrexham team over in London. Uh, the final season of Barry this season was fantastic mm. with Bill Hader and Henry Winkler. Our Flag Means Death, such a great show with Taika Waititi uh, that unfortunately just got canceled, but I think they're trying to find a new home for it because uh, HBO Max um, canceled collapsed. it. They didn't know. It didn't collapse. They just No, they collapsed. The they, they combined. They merged. Oh, combined the. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they got rid uh, of a lot of shows as a result. Yeah. Um, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which is a show that came at the tail end of 2023 and ran right over into 2024. 
was such a great series that takes place in the uh, the Godzilla MonsterVerse. Uh, Scott Pilgrim takes off. I was excited to see, see Scott Pilgrim come back with all the original cast of the movie. And this last one is the one I saved for last because I know it would not be on Kristen's list. And that is The Walking Dead, Dead City. <laughs> <laughs> she is a huge walking. She is a Walking Dead fan, but not of Negan. I am a massive Walking Dead fan. Negan should have fucking died like four seasons <laughs> uh-huh. ago. <laughs> Um, Brandy, how about you? Any honorable mentions? Yeah, on your I have list? two, and they're pr- pretty quick. But it's um, the last thing he told me with Jennifer Gardner and Angory Angowry Rice, I believe her name is. She's in the new Mean Girl movie, but um, so that's based off of a book, and I really enjoyed that. It's like a thriller mystery, and then just because we all love her, it's called Truth Be Told, which is Octavia Spencer, and each season, it's like a she's a Funny enough, she's a podcaster. She's a real, a true crime oh. podcaster. And then each season is a different true crime. And she like solves it in her little town. And like her family's involved Ooh, in it. Her dad's that. like an old biker. Then like, I know Gabrielle Union is the star with her in the third season. Kate Hudson is the star with her in the second season. And oh my God, she plays Janice Ian in the Mean Girls original. What is her name? What is her name? I forget who it is. Lily Cat Kaplan? Did I make that up? No, Li- Lizzie I Kaplan. think that's her. Is that her? Is she, was she also in Cas- Castle Rock and New Girl? I'm going to look Do you watch New quick, Girl? Just so I know for sure and I'm not being crazy. While you're looking that up, though, that made me think of another honorable mention real quick that I don't know how I completely forgot this and then you just made me remember it. Only Murders in the Building. Oh, that is good. This year was another great. It is Lizzie Kaplan. So it's like Octavia Spencer, Lizzie Kaplan, Mackay Pfeiffer, Tracy Thomas, um, Elizabeth Perkins. Like it's an Ron. I'm going to say his name wrong. Ron Cephas Jones plays her dad. I think he recently passed away, but it's such a good show. Mm. They're my two. Okay. Fair enough. I love it. Kristen. I wrote down both of them. (laughs) Uh, My, uh, my, Honorable mentions, I always put in Jeopardy because I think Jeopardy should always be talked about forever. Because I love Jeopardy so much and I don't miss an episode. I don't miss an episode. I love it so much. So there's that. Um, there's Poker Face. I thought Poker Face mm. was really good. It was really fun. Um, but I did not finish it because I just felt like it just wasn't coming together at the end like I wanted it to. Um, and then Percy Jackson, my kids love my, my kids are obsessed with the book series. We were so excited that, uh, they were coming out with the TV series and the TV series has been really, really fun and it's appointment television in our house. So I really have enjoyed Percy Jackson as well. I was actually surprised Percy Jackson wasn't in your top five. Well, it wasn't. (laughs) 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 All right, then. Put in a uh, all right. That takes us now into the movie <laughs> section where we're going to talk about our top five favorite movies of the year. Uh, same report, same rules apply. We haven't revealed these to anybody and um, possible spoilers. So, uh, Kristen, I'm going to start with you this. Oh, no, I started with you last time. So, Brandy, 
We'll start with you this time to kick us off. Uh, number five on your list of favorite movies for 2020 was, because um, I, I just adore her, um, but it's No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. I, oh, is how that, was oh my God, that? It's so yeah. good. And it's so funny. It's very out of character. I feel like for her, it's it's like she's playing herself, like the like the Jennifer Lawrence we know and love that's just like awkward and kind of brash and like curses and like fights yes. people. Like she's they're <laughs> just her and the the main guy are just so sweet together too. It's so good. Is that the one where they have like a massive age difference between the two yes, of them? Yes, she's hired by his parents to He's going away to like MIT or or something crazy. He's like super smart, but he's very awkward. And she's hired without him knowing by his parents to date him and to like sleep with him before he goes away to school. <laughs> My God, <Yeah. laughs> to get him like out of his shell. So like it's really cool. and she's like a hot mess in it. So like it's very cool to see like how they influence each other. So kind of like her role from Silver Lang's play playbook. Yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. Like she when her some of her best roles are when she plays a hot. Yeah, mess. but it's not as serious. Like this is very funny. It's very lighthearted. Like I'm so glad that they that she did comedy because she's hilarious. She is. she is, and there's a scene in it that like is so unexpected of her, but she's like, this is the reason I signed on for it because she thought it was. She fights people on a beach, and that's all I'll say about it. But it's <laughs> hilarious. It's hilarious. It's so good. I'm writing down, by the way, I, I'm doing this, this is a new thing for me going into this season, too, is um, I'm writing down what everybody says for their top fives so that it's stuff that I can go back and check out. <laughs> Oh, you mean like this? As well. And it's like, you guys have planned? Oh, yeah. Like, like I have, yeah, yeah. Like, I have all these Oh, notes. it's like you podcast or something, guys. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen, how about you? Number five. My number five was John Wick 4. Um, I don't see a lot of movies in the theater. So we usually wait for big movies that we know that we want to see in the theater and not at home, which really isn't a lot <laughs> because it's like a million dollars to go to the mm -hmm. movies. Um, but the John Wick franchise is just something that we just love so much. And I loved the third one so much. I thought... Um, I was really disappointed that they didn't bring back somebody from John Wick 3 into John Wick 4. Um, I thought that that was just kind of a, a misfire, but all together, I thought that they concluded the John Wick story really nicely. Yeah, Kristen I don't know can't if anybody too, saw it. She, she can't say too much because she knows I haven't seen three or four yet. <laughs> I've seen three. I haven't seen four yet. But my mom is a huge, huge John Wick fan. Huge. So like, she, but she really liked it. Well, Ben knows this. I'm in love with Keanu Reeves. I mean, who is so, oh my gosh, I love. Well, Chris, so much. Kristen knows this that I'm also in love with <laughs> exactly. Keanu. Yeah. Right, Reeves. we all are. Right? Yeah. If you don't, I I really consider that a character flaw. If you're like Ke Keanu, nah, not for me. All around good guy, no, no. Can I throw out please. a movie real quick to see if you've seen it? Have yeah. you seen Babes in Toyland? With Keanu Reeves yes. and Drew Barrymore. That was like my childhood movie growing yes. up. I love that movie. <laughs> I have seen that. I have weirdly seen that movie. It's so good. It's so it's, bad. It's so good. It's been a while, but I've seen it. I just wanted to see if we had all seen that movie together. <laughs> well, even like even kind of going off on a little bit too, like with, with Keanu, like we, we mentioned how Kristen and I do the movie swap mm -hmm. episodes of Wilhelm. 
And one of the episodes, uh, Kristen actually gave me the movie Destination Wedding with that. him and Winona Ryder. And his his dialogue in that movie is some of the funniest fucking dialogue I have ever heard in a movie. <laughs> so, let me just tell you, it is starring only Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. <laughs> They're the there only two people no with dialogue. There are speaking words what? in that yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. It's great. They're the only two people, people in the entire movie with dialogue. Oh my God. And some of the dialogue in that movie is some of the funniest dialogue. I like I've bust out laughing. There are two actors that are very comfortable with each other and it shows. Yeah. I love her too. Oh, she's wonderful. She's so, she's so <laughs> good in stranger things. Oh my gosh. She is. Um, but yeah, John wick Four. I just, I love that whole cast. I love Ian McShane. I love Lance Reddick, RIP. Um, I just thought that they did such a magnificent job with the story and um, where they went. I mean, I I don't want to give away too much because I think that the way that the story unfolds is gorgeous. And so I just recommend it. Go see the movie. Um, That takes me into my number five. And I'm just now realizing that four out of the five movies in my top five are all based on true stories. Oh, funny. And that, that might be why I enjoyed them so much. It's just because of how well told the stories are. Um, only, yeah, only one of my top than fiction. Yeah. <laughs> only one of my top five is like an, um, a fictional movie. Um, but my number five is a movie, uh, called Tetris. <laughs> and it is the true story of the, the game Tetris. Uh, but the story, like the the cast itself, uh, uh, Taron Edgerton absolutely kills this role, and it's done in such a fun way. Um, but it tells the whole story about how the game was discovered and how they fought to get the rights to the game uh, because it was coming out of the USSR, which at the time was a very combustible situation. Um, you know, where like anything coming out of the USSR was considered communist. Like, it's a weird situation that when I like so much, so it's so it's such a weird story that when the movie was over, I actually had to research it to see how much of it was true. And when they vetted everything in the movie, they actually said that 90% of the movie was completely fact. 90 like really? 85 to 90 percent of the movie was factual of like everything that these guys went through they said like one of the only things that happened that there's like a car chase that happens at the end of the movie it's like the them trying to get back to the airport after at the end of the at the end of the movie they're in the ussr and they're trying to get back to the airport so that they can get on a plane and and leave the country before the U officials in the ussr actually find them to arrest them and when they interviewed the people behind it, like the actual inventors of the game, they said, oh, no, that chase actually happened. But it wasn't so much of a chase as in like it was in the movie where it was very high energy and like it lasted all of like five minutes. He said, in reality, it lasted like a half hour because it was more going down side streets to avoid cars. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> They said, but no, it was very real that we were trying to get to the airport before we got arrested. It was. It's so well done. Um, I, that I've I like. Heard I really good things about that movie. It's a great movie. So yeah. So my number five. I and I like Taron Egerton too. Oh, I've loved great. him ever since 
ever since like the Kingsman and Eddie the Eagle. Like he is, he's such a great actor. So I, I was like, like yeah, him I'm, as Johnny in Sing. Yes. Is that okay? <laughs> no, I, his his version of I'm Still Standing is in my Spotify playlist. It's probably why he got to play Elton John too, isn't it? He got it? to play, yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah. Yeah. In Rock, in, uh, Rocket Man. Yep. Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. I think that is the reason why he got cast as, El- as uh, Elton John in Rocket Man. And also because him and Elton John had worked together in The Kingsman too. Oh, they did? Because Elton... Elton is it. He Elton's got a cameo in, in uh, Kingsman too. I forgot about that. <laughs> Elton Elton's role in Kingsman too is fantastic. Because <laughs> he plays himself, of course. But like he's he's so good in that. It's a small role, but he's so good. And Elton actually gets to kick a little ass at the end of the movie too, which is great. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't forget about that. That's so uh, but that takes us back to Brandy. Brandy, number four on your list. So my number four is, it's actually more of like a heavier movie, but it's called A Good Person with uh, Florence Pugh. And it's directed by her. Zach Braff. Is that his name? Really? Yeah. Yes. It's like How a, do we not know like about this? Indie film. It's um, Morgan Freeman and Florence Pugh, directed by Zach Braff. And then it's it's... I mean, I don't want to give it away, but basically the premise is like Florence Pugh has like a tragedy happen and she, her life like spirals and Morgan Freeman is connected to the tragedy and like it helps sort of helps her like not overcome it, but like it, I I don't know how to explain it without like giving it all away, but it's a really, 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 uh, Molly Shannon, it plays her mom in it. It's so good. Molly Shannon in a serious oh, role. Serious, and she like, like is a drinker in it. She like, wow. But she has like her funny moments where she's like kind of drunk, but she's like shouting at Florence Pugh like through the door, and she's like, "We should be on Shark Tank," and like they, she just has these like where you can tell they were just like go do your thing, and she was like, "Okay." She's so good. I love her. She's so funny, and usually funny people are really good at drama. Yeah, and Florence Pugh actually cuts her hair like physically cuts her own hair in the movie. Which is so interesting to me. Because most times they're like, oh, we'll do a wig. And she was just like, nope, we'll just, we'll use my that own. That was like Natalie Portman in V for Vendetta. Oh, does she do that too? She shaves her head bald. Damn. Yep. But I recommend it. It's a heavy movie, but it's, it's and I watched it with a friend and she was crying, but like it was good. Well, I do I love Florence Pugh. I was just going to say the same thing. I I like uh, Florence Pugh too. Like her, uh, Yelena. You had quite the year. Yeah. Well, I mean, like uh, she's in at least two nominated movies this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's in Oppenheimer, and she's in. She does a voice in the Boy in the Heron, oh. which is nominated for animated movie. Was Don't Worry Darling not nominated at all? Well, that was twenty twenty two. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I did the same oh, thing. The drama surrounding that movie feels like it. Well, but I love her as Yelena in oh Black God. Widow and Hawkeye. I loved her. Like as she's Elena fantastic. In, uh, Black Widow. She made that whole movie for me. She's so fun. Her, yes. her, and um, oh, why can't I think of his name? From Stranger um, Things, David. Harbour. From Stranger Things, David. Her and David Harbor stole that movie for me. 
when she the two of them together the ceiling and does the pose and then shakes it off i lost my shit i thought that was so yeah funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because like yeah just the interaction between her and scarlett johansson and black widow is just I so good that movie enough oh, it's, it's so good it's so good and i'm excited she's going to continue to be a part of the mcu as well i just going to be a thunderbolt yet, so i need to watch it hawkeye is so good I'm pretty sure that was in my top five favorite shows of last year. But I love Or no, two years, two years ago. Person too, like, because they wanted her to eat something in Hawkeye, and she asked if she could eat mac and cheese. So yeah. she was like, "I just ate pounds and pounds of mac and like I actually ate it." <laughs> I was like, "I love you. You're great." I love macaroni and cheese, so I feel that. Well, to be specific, you like blue box mac Which and cheese. Which is what she ate in in Hawkeye. So you know. I know, but you can't say you like mac and cheese because you have to say blue box because it's the only mac and cheese you eat. That's the only mac and cheese there is. So (laughs) (laughs) it is good. All right. Moving on, Kristen. Number four. (laughs) Oh, my number four. My number four. um, (laughs) (sighs) Are they interchangeable? No. I just, I really had like three favorite movies. So I, I had to really stretch it for four and five. Um, and I don't want to say it because I hate him as a person. But oh, I really, please let it be the same as my number four. I really liked Mission Impossible. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. That now is let me also. Tell you something. Now let me that tell is, you something. Okay. I did not like it the first time I saw it. A lot of that has to do with the fact that I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> it's a long movie. This, exactly. And the second time I saw the movie, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really intense. Do you guys remember this from the first watch? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, mom. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that I am slowly converting Kristen into a Tom Cruise fan. No, I, no, no. Listen. As in, as, okay. As an actor, not as a person. Well, also, I don't watch it if he will get money for it. So I will only watch it on Plex because it doesn't go in his pocket because I don't want one dime of my money going to Scientology, Hmm? period. Because I, I, for going back to Movie Swap again, which I can plug because it is part of this podcast, one of the episodes I gave Kristen... Top Gun Maverick. That's what and, started the whole thing. <laughs> and it is. And she kind of fought me on it a little bit because it was Tom Cruise. Kind of. <laughs> but I remember when we came back on and we talked about it, her reaction was that might have been the best fucking movie I've ever seen. Oh, I hate you. I did. I think I said that. What is the movie? And I feel like Ben will know. What is the musical that Tom Cruise is in? Um, oh. oh, um, oh, oh my god, my uh, mom uh, loves is that with him. Gwyneth Paltrow. No, um, Rock of Ages not, is that what it's called? I think, yeah, it's Rock of Ages. My yes. mom hates the movie, but like, she's a she has a Tom Cruise fan, and like, I was gonna say rock star for some reason, but I knew that was loves it. him in that movie. Like, we'll only watch the movie because of his character in that movie. She loves him in that movie, he was all right, but she loves it. <laughs> what is it? Would it be the 2012, 1984? <laughs> I think it's the 2012. It's 2012. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I when you said 
huh, I don't want to put this on my list because I don't like him. I'm like, it's Mission Impossible. I know it's Mission Impossible. <laughs> and I'm actually really surprised that's in your top five. It um, is. It is because I love I love the story. I love those movies. Yeah. The Mission Impossible movies are just fantastic. They are. They're so stupid, first of all. Okay. They're not like, stupid. Well, a lot of that just you have to really dislodge your reality brain a little bit. Oh yeah. You know, to to think, yeah. I mean, granted I know that Tom Cruise actually drove the hell the the um the bike cycle. off the cliff. The bike off the cliff. I get it, okay? But in no world is someone going to do that. <laughs> True. You are not part of the spy espionage world. You don't know what they're going to do <laughs> to get the job done. You can't judge yeah. them. <laughs> you don't know their life. <laughs> you don't know what they go through. Are you a doctor? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the defense is wrong. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, yeah, I but I movie. did. I really enjoyed uh, the Mission Impossible movie. I, I like big blockbusters, obviously. Um so yeah, it's on my list. It is. Uh, it is my number four as well. Um, it is actually the movie. It's funny because when I was putting together my top five, I had a number of movies I still needed to watch, and I had four out of my five. But I wasn't. I wasn't going to solidify my fifth choice until I watched Mission Impossible because I was like, you know what? I know myself. I know how much I love these movies. There's a strong possibility that after I watch this, it's going to be in my top five. You've only recently seen it. I just watched it for the first time last night. What? Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, I just watched it for the first time last night. So it's fresh in my head. And man, like it got to the end. And I knew it was getting to the end where like they were starting to do like the voiceover stuff. And I'm like, all right, I know there's a part two. So I know this is where they're going to well, end. Nobody it. clued me in on it because I was very upset. <laughs> It's called Dead Reckoning Part One. Well, I didn't. Okay. It's a, it was a whole experience going to see that movie. So, wait, you've seen the movie? Wait, have all three of us seen this movie? Yes. Oh okay. my gosh. Okay. So, let's talk about the fact that Rebecca Ferguson is dead. I know. Okay. Yeah. So, here's the thing I can't lie to you all. I went to see it with my friend Thomas, who showed me Ted Lasso, and it's a boy movie, and his wife wouldn't go see it. So, this is the, so, the truth. I went to see it, and there is a bar in the movie theater, and. It's a very long movie. And Brandy was drunk. So parts of the end <laughs> are a little fuzzy. I wasn't driving. So parts of the end, it's a Tom Cruise action-y movie. And I, it, parts of the end, I'm not fully sure how it it, it went. But I remember that. Uh -huh. I do remember that she died. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> the second time I saw it, I go, what is happening? They're like, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's weird because too, like it got to that point where, like it, they were saying, like one of the two of them was going to die. It was either going to be Rebecca Ferguson's character or Haley Atwell's character. And I'm like, I don't want either one of these two people Why can't to die. It be Ethan Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be Ethan. Why? Because bring in Hawkeye. Problem solved. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, Renner was already in these movies. Yeah, and he can come back, and he can be amazing, and Tom Cruise can finally stop running. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, because he did. He was his character wasn't killed. Oh my gosh! So 
his character could come back. That's hilarious. Uh, what does Christensen want? Him to stop running. <laughs> <laughs> All he but does I've, is run. But like I I've become a bigger fan of these. So like I I enjoy the first movie, the second movie not so much cuz it's John Woo and it's it's cinematically oh, it's garbage. It's, the second it's, one is yeah. It's it's horrible. That's all it is. Yeah. It's it's typical John Woo which doesn't work for Mission Impossible. The third one is where they bring up bring in C, Philip Seymour Hoffman and I'm like that was outstanding. That he is outstanding. It. That revived it. Well, that movie revived it, and then they did Ghost, Ghost Protocol. Protocol, and it was all over after that. Where they brought in Ving. Well, Ving Rhames was already in it, but they brought in Simon Pegg. And and was that was when Renner yes, came in too, that's right? Renner. Yeah. And man, I I love Simon Pegg. I absolutely adore Simon Pegg. So I've been a fan of these movies ever since he was in it, and. I become more and more of a fan. And this one in particular, you had, uh, you know, in addition to Tom Cruise, Ving Rhames, and Simon Pegg, you had Haley Atwell join uh, Vanessa Kirby, who I think is gorgeous. Mm. Um, S.I. Morales returned since the first movie. Like, um, Henry Zerny came back since the first movie. Like, that was Carrie Elwes was in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's <sighs> right. He was. And what's funny, too, is I moderated a panel with Carrie back in 2021, and I he made sure to tell me that make sure when you read off my accolades, you mention and the upcoming Mission Impossible movie. So it's in my brain. I'm like, oh, he's going to be a Mission Impossible. That's great. And then I had since forgotten that. So when I'm watching the movie last night, he showed up. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Carrie <laughs> <laughs> was in this movie. And Palm Klemtef is in the movie as well. And I was pissed that she died at the end. Not me. She was terrible. But I, I mean, <laughs> not terrible in it. She was great in it. But she, you know, her character sucked. There's I, I'll, I'll make mention of this and then we'll move on. But there's a great video online of during the press tour for this movie. Um they were in the UK and Palm was doing one of the sit downs with one of the reporters, but she wasn't answering the questions legitimately. She had an earwig in her ear and Simon Pegg was feeding her everything to say. I've seen this. Uh, it is hysterical <laughs> because Palm, she is, she plays right into it. Every, and everything Simon gives her is ridiculous. And she, she like she goes off and talks about how she hates millennials because millennials killed her dog. Like, <laughs> I <can't> remember that. <laughs> so damn funny. And she fell in love with a horse that she was riding on set. It's so ridiculous. But it's just, oh God, it's so damn funny. If you get the opportunity, go on YouTube and look that up. It's great. Uh number number three on our list. Brandy, what you got? I went with Scream Six. For number three, I am a huge Scream fan, have always been, always will be. Um, and then after the fiasco that has happened since, I really think I'm just like, well, that was a good ending. Here we are. And like, I well, love Jenna Ortega. I love her. I love her. I love the core four. Also, the girl from Yellow Jackets is in it. And I just found out that the guy, Mason Gooding, who plays Chad in it, is Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son, which I didn't put together ever, which was wild. But like, yeah, it was good. It was fun. I liked seeing like who the killers were and I enjoyed it. Um, 
Okay, yeah, because Scream Six had Nev Campbell did not come back. No, for that one. Um, although I will say, with everything that has happened with all the actors dropping out of the set of the seventh movie, um, they're saying there's a possibility Nev could come back. Well, at this because point, they, they got to do something. They, yeah, she they didn't need come back something. Pay stuff. And Is it Jenna Ortega? I'm sorry, that's Wednesday, right? Wednesday. Yep. yep. Got it. Okay, just. I was looking. Go, 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 go. Because do, do I think I think she even dropped out of the next one too, right? Yes, for yeah. quote unquote Wednesday scheduling. What was yeah really? yeah scheduling conflict? They fired the main girl Melissa Barrera because she posted about Gaza and all that, and like posted her opinions. So they fired her for it, and then Jenna Ortega literally the next day said she couldn't do filming because of her Wednesday schedule. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, yes, I, and then I, I think everybody else has dropped out as well. So now they're like crawling back to Neve Campbell and you can cut this if you need to, but now. No, 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 it's, we like, can, it, no, it's, it's fine. Um, I will tell you that I did watch scream five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was very disappointed with the death of Dewey. Although oh, I did no. see it coming. And like now that that happened, like now that there's nobody in it, I obviously don't think they suspected that it would just be Courtney Cox in this next one. But I was sad that I was really sad that he died. Yeah. But the so, sixth one is better than the fifth one. I wasn't it because I'm like a huge Scream fan. Mm-hmm. I've seen them all. I love them all for what they are. Wasn't a fan of five as much. I was like, okay. But like this, sadly that this is the last one for everybody. But like this revived it. Like it was so good. That's Samara awesome. Weaving is in six. Yeah. Oh, that might be enough to get me to watch it. Oh, and funny enough, Henry Zierney, the guy I just mentioned from Mission Impossible, is also in it. Oh, really? Yeah, Kitridge from Mission Impossible. He plays Dr. Stone in Scream 6. Oh. Hey, my buddy Josh Segarra is in the movie as well. <laughs> I've moderated panels with Josh. Josh is a blast, man. Josh is hysterical. And it's, right, I think the way that they do it and who it. the killers turn out to be is such a new way that they've done it. Skeet they- Ulrich is in it? Yep. <laughs> Don't. Enough said. Well, Love did you see that five? answer? <laughs> did, you, did you see five? No. Okay. Then I won't give it away. Okay. Good. Thank you. Yeah, I might have to read. But it's really these interesting how he's connected to the whole story. It's interesting. There's always some kind of connection. Yeah. That's the thing with these movies is they're all connected you don't somehow. Chop off their head. They're all. I want them back. to bring back Matthew Lillard. I'm like fingers crossing because he Matthew Lillard was didn't die. feel a little woozy here, man. <laughs> Think I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's gonna be so mad. At me. My mom's gonna be so mad at me. <laughs> I love I love the first three screen movies. I think oh, the first too. three are they're some of the best horror movies out there. Yeah, oh, I've seen all three of those too. So you know, I'm in it too. <laughs> I'm a part of the group. I am a part of it. I I can do this. <laughs> People hate Scream Four, and I'm I get it, but like I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. That's I awesome. can't. I mean, do they like? Do they stay with the? Do, do they stay with keeping it serious, or do they poke fun at themselves? Or no, they they keep it more serious. serious. Okay, yeah. There's a, it's kind of off the topic too, but there's another horror movie series out there that I'm, I'm waiting for the third one. And I don't know if we're ever going to get one, but it's called Happy Death Day. Um, I love those movies. Oh my God. I love those movies. They're so good. 
Um, it's like, so the first movie, Kristen, is like a horror Groundhog Day. Oh, no. Where she keeps dying <laughs> over and over again, and she's trying to figure out how to stop it. Sounds terrible. <laughs> it's, but the movies are so great. And she's so good, Jessica Ross. She's yeah. so good in those movies. And then the second one takes it in like a completely new direction, like kind of refreshes it a little bit. It's the same premise, but it refreshes it a little bit. That, that By the time you get to the end, you're like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that at all. Right. Oh, okay. And I'm like, well, now I need a third one. Right. 100%. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping. I think there's been rumors that there's still potentially a third one in the works, but well, the know. guy who was supposed to direct Scream 7 was Chris Landon. And I'm almost positive that's the director of Happy Death Day. I, I, I think that is the Happy Death Day director, yeah. But he bailed too. Oh, did he? Well, good. Yep. Let him go back to Happy Death Day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, Kristen, number three. My number three is... Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Nice. Loved this movie. It was so much fun. My kids like playing Dungeons and Dragons. My son loves playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I just, we went in and I I went in knowing that we were going to be like in the video, in the game, not the video game, but we were going to be in the game and to just expect hilarity and pandemonium and whatever else was going to come their way. And I loved every single minute of that movie. I thought it was fun. It tugged at the heartstrings. Chris Pine, who I think has been kind of terrible lately, just seemed really comfortable and kind of back to his old, like his old self when he was first starting out with, you know, the first Star Trek movie. I just think that he was just so wonderful. Michelle Rodriguez is my girl crush. I want to marry oh, her. Me too. If I, I was her. ever a lesbian, I would just <laughs> want to marry her and have her babies somehow. Um, <laughs> so I just really, I just really enjoyed it. It was, was the, so fun. Who else is in that? Chris uh, Pine, Michelle Rodriguez. Justice the, Smith. Is that the kid from uh, Jurassic World? The nervous kid from Jurassic he, World. He, yes. And he's also in like detective Pokemon and Yeah. And then yeah. uh some some guy, I think he was in Bridgerton. Oh my god. Oh, Rene, Rene Jean Page. Rene oh Jean god, Page. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah, he was very pretty. I've never seen that um, man before this movie, and I was like, he is a beautiful specimen. <laughs> well, if that? you want just like girl time to watch a show where you can just like drool over somebody, watch the first season of Bridgerton. He is beautiful. <laughs> but then I have to watch Bridgerton. <laughs> it's not that bad. But I, the first season I watched for the two leads, and I was like, okay, this is great. You're like, um, that's enough, thanks. Yep. Hugh Grant is in the movie as well. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's the, yeah, he's the he's the villain in the movie. Um, Dungeons and Dragons is such a great movie. I'm so glad somebody has it on their list because that is a a lot of fun. Um, and I will tell you, I cried. At the end of the movie, oh, did not think didn't? I would did not think I would cry at a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Who but I was like, didn't cry at that. Oh, Seriously. Okay. But I think one of my favorite one of my favorite things about that movie from this year or from last year, um, one of the reasons why that movie holds a very special place for me is that I went and saw that movie. Ordinarily, I go and see movies on my own or I go to screenings. That movie was a movie that I went with all the people that I actually play Dungeons and Dragons with on a regular basis. Oh, we cool. play we play Dungeons and Dragons the first Friday of every month. 
And that was one of those times where we were like, you know what? We're not gaming this month. We're using the first Friday of the month and we're all going to see Dungeons and Dragons. Very nice. So we were you know all in the theater together. And that is uh, she's a little girl from It. She plays Beverly. Sophia, who does she play in the movie? And Dungeon, she plays Doric in the movie. Um. Oh, Sophia Lewis. The group. Yeah, Sophia Lewis. That's right. She's Beverly in uh, yeah, in it. Mm-hmm. And I love like that. that. I gosh, I love it. Maybe I do like horror. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad somebody had that on their list. That's such a fun. Are you kidding me? The minute I walked out of there, I wanted a second movie. Like, (laughs) and I don't know if they are going to make one or not. I I think it's still potentially rumored. Yeah, I don't know. But it was so fun. And I just really hope that people understand that it was meant to be fun. It wasn't meant to be this serious movie. And a lot of times when people go and they expect a serious movie out of a game where the game is fantastical and it's fantasy and it's fun and you can kind of take any direction that you want with it. I don't know. I I just, those movies never seem to do well because there's too many really dumb people in America that don't understand, you know, that life can be light and happy sometimes. I need to rewatch that movie. There's a movie called Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. Want it to be serious? (laughs) Right. And Chris Pine is also the star who is not very (laughs) serious. And, And you know what? And what I like about the fact that like, when I heard Dungeons and Dragons was coming out and I was like, oh, I'm like, okay, well, the last time they tried doing this, it didn't do too well. So I hope they do a better job. Oh, Chris Pine is in it. Oh, okay. He's probably going to be like a paladin or anything. No, he's a bard. What? All right. I'm 100% in on this. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfectly <laughs> cast. Yeah. He's not playing the typical like, oh, he's the warrior lead of the gang. No, he's a musician. Yeah, he's kind <laughs> of a <perfect>. wanker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, I'm so good. I need to rewatch that. I really need to rewatch that movie. Yeah, it's so. a good flick. Uh, that takes me to my number three, and we're yeah. back to the movies that are based on a true story. Uh, my number three is Air. Oh, I um, thought that was good. Which is directed by Ben Affleck, stars uh, Matt Damon, Jason Bateman, uh, Ben Affleck. No, um, no, Casey is not in it. Um, Matt Damon, Jason Bateman, Ben Affleck, uh, Viola Davis, Chris Tucker, uh, Jay Moore. It's it's got a phenomenal cast, but it is it's based on a true story. It's the story of how Nike got the contract to make the Air Jordan sneaker um, over all the other shoes that were competing for it, Adidas and Converse and such. And it sounds like a boring premise, but the movie is so well done in the way they tell this story that like, I was so engrossed in this story. Matt Damon is phenomenal in this movie. Oh, usually he's really bad. Now you're right. I know. Nobody likes Matt Damon. <laughs> I'm so glad that he finally got a role that he could really sink his teeth into. <laughs> really shines for once. Yeah. He just flies so under the radar. <laughs> you are such an ass. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but Bateman is great in the movie. Ben Affleck is great in the movie. And again, it's directed by Tim too. And Ben is a great director. Mm-hmm. He really is. Anybody who's ever seen The Town, 
Yeah. That movie is fucking fantastic. It's so good. It's so good. The fact that he was able to convince um, Red Sox Stadium, whatever it's called, to shut down. Fenway? Whatever. Fenway, thank you. Yeah. The fact that they were able that he was able to convince Fenway to let them shoot at Fenway says everything that you need to know about Ben Affleck. Well, he's he's a Boston golden boy, man. Like he's yeah. that's it, he can get whatever he wants in Boston. Matt Damon is too, right? Yeah, right? Damon is too. Besties. Yeah. They're Besties both Boston boys. They have each a half of a <laughs> necklace that they made at art camp in uh fifth grade. Do they really? No, Aww. I just made that shit up, man. <laughs> I was like, that's so cute. <laughs> I, I hate you. <laughs> I was going to love them even more now. <laughs> but one of the other things I really enjoy this movie, too, about this movie, too, is the fact that, like, it. yes, it's about Michael Jordan and him, like, them getting the contract. But while Jordan is pivotal to the story, he's not the story. It's more about Nike and it's more about Michael's mom because she is That's the one Viola that negotiated right? Viola Davis. Yeah. She's yeah. the one that negotiated the contract for Michael. So Michael oh. is never even shown in the movie. Yeah. So, um, so you know that for anybody that doesn't know that might be listening to this, um, Michael Jordan was Nike's very first, Yep. Uh, athlete that they signed. And my dad worked for um, Nike when I, I don't know, he worked for Nike for a while, but it's the reason why we lived in Oregon. It's the reason why we lived in North Carolina. It's the reason why we left California, which makes me sad, but whatever. Anyways, he saw the movie and he loved the movie, but he has so many cool stories that are attached to Nike. And he, he told me one recently about Michael Jordan that was kind of cool. He said that um, the entire campus. So the main Nike campus is in Beaverton, Oregon, and it's beautiful. I've been there many times. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous campus. And Sandy worked in this building that was also the same building that Michael Jordan had an entire floor for whatever his part of Nike was for it wasn't just Air Jordans it was like everything that Michael Jordan did right like he just had his own floor and he said that everybody always knew when Michael Jordan was in the building let me back up the entire campus of Nike is a smoke free campus you are not allowed <laughs> to smoke on this campus period but Sandy would be working in his office and every once in a while like every couple of weeks through the vents, you would smell cigar smoke, and you knew Michael Jordan was in the building. <laughs> so I thought that that was kind of a cool story. Well, yeah, because if if Michael wants to smoke a cigar while he's in the building, you let Michael yeah. smoke a cigar while he's in the building. Yeah, yeah. he's Michael Jordan. How come yeah. that guy's smoking? Do you know who that is? <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, like Michael at the time that the Air Jordans came out, Michael was still relatively young to the to the NBA. He was not the star that he became. So Nike was taking a really big chance in giving their first lot, sneaker line to Jordan. Uh, but everybody wanted Jordan because they knew he was going to be a big star. So it, the movie is so well done. I highly recommend it to anybody who, you know, that should check it out. So nice. I need to watch it. Uh, number two on the list, Brandy, what you got? So I know Ben hasn't seen it. And I don't think <laughs> Kristen has either. It's called this little movie called the holdovers. Oh. 
<laughs> and on, it's so good. On my oh, list. So Do you guys know the premise of it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So that but that is boop, that is it. And I'm rooting for them to win the Oscars. Um okay. Really? Yeah. She's so so like I said, she plays a character, her name is Divine Joy Randolph, and she plays a character named Mary Lamb. And this, I forget when it takes place, but it's like a boarding school and she's like, it's the Christmas holiday and she has to stay. She's like the cook. She's like the head cook. And like, she suffers a really traumatic event in her life. So like she stays and she's just so brilliant in it. She's so good. She brings such heart. Oh, she's so good in it. And I, and as I mentioned, when we talked about this a little bit before we started recording too, I'm a, I love Paul Giamatti. So, I mean, yeah. Even still to this day, one of my favorite Paul Giamatti movies, and I watch it maybe once every couple of years is Sideways. Um, that movie is so good. Not drinking Merlot. <laughs> that movie is. So I think good. I love that he says he gets recognized most. They did an interview recently, and they asked him like, "What, like, what do you get recognized for most?" And he's like, "I love the film, and it still makes me laugh, but it's Big Fat Liar." That's the movie's called. Oh like, my I'm, god, he gets recognized he's like, You're the for blue that. Man. Like I am, I am the blue man. Yes. That's awesome. I was going to say probably him. watch it be something like Fred Claus. <laughs> right. I no, loved him as John Adams. Yeah. Oh, he was. That so series good. was it's, fantastic. It, that was so well done. So well done. And it was, they stayed really true to the history of John Adams. I just thought, oof, he was so good in that. Yeah, he, he won the Golden Globe, or he won something for the holdovers recently. He's been winning a lot, so we'll see. He's yeah, excellent. He, yeah, he's great. I love Paul Giamatti. Um, Kristen, number yeah. two on your list. My number two was Oppenheimer. I, I've been waiting for this movie to come out for a really long time. I'm a really big Killian Murphy fan, um, mm. and a lot of that has to do with Peaky Blinders. Um, I just think he is perfection as Tommy Shelby in Peaky Blinders. And because of that, I just want to watch anything he's in. Um, I saw 28 Days Later, and I didn't want to see that movie because it was scary. And I... I knew that I just, I needed to see Killian Murphy in this movie. And so I like, I, I sat down, I said, okay, I'm going to watch 28 days later. It's broad daylight outside. I've got all the w- oh, lights man. and windows on. Everything's going to be great. And it was fan freaking tastic. I love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. And then I saw him in a quiet place too. And he was good in a quiet place too. He was just so magnetic. I, there's something about this actor that just, pulls me in. He's just so good. And I heard he was going to be Oppenheimer in the movie Oppenheimer. And I knew it was going to be a huge movie. I saw the rest of the cast. I I listened to all of his interviews saying like he could not believe that Christopher Nolan wanted him out of everybody he's worked with to be this lead role. He, he got himself to be so skinny and so gaunt that at some days he was only eating like three almonds a day. He didn't, um, he didn't go out with the rest of the cast because he had to stay on this crazy diet because he needed to stay as thin as he was, but he committed himself fully to that role. And he was so good. Like I love Killian Murphy and to me, he will always be Tommy Shelby, but I was able to forget about that. 
And I was able to just lose myself in this character and just the tortured man that he played with what he was doing and his um, his ethical qualms about it and the problems he had with his wife and his relationship with Florence Pugh's character and the whole rivalry that he had with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Just every part of that movie was so phenomenal. I walked away. I didn't even realize three hours had passed. Mm-hmm. It felt like a blink. When it was over, I it was the only three-hour movie I've ever seen where I didn't want it to be over at the end of the three hours. I wanted at least a half hour more of that movie. It's a... Uh- yeah, it's 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 a phenomenally done movie. Um, I'm going to make you. I, I could have saved this for movie swap, but I'm not going to just because I know how big of a Killian fan, Killian Murphy fan you are. If you haven't seen it before, and I'm I'm recommending this to you now because of what you said about uh, 28 Days Later. Mm. Um, check out a movie called Sunshine. Okay, Is it's he direct. It? It's directed by Danny Boyle, same guy that did 28 Days Later. It's not a horror. Okay. It's like a sci-fi thriller. Um, It's directed by Danny Boyle. It stars Killian Murphy, Chris Evans, and Rose Byrne. Oh. Um, It has Captain America (laughs) in it, too? Yeah. They They are scientists that are sent on a mission to reignite the sun because it's yeah. dying. I'm in. I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> they, so they, they have to reignite the sun because the sun is dying, and they have to set off a nuclear fission bomb to do it. Yes, please. <laughs> it's it's a this good goes. it it's a good movie. You and there's a bunch of other familiar faces you'll see in that I movie. I heard too. that he might be in 28 what years. Is it? Years later. I heard that he might because he wasn't in the second one, so I didn't bother. But I heard that he's going to be rumored to be in the third movie. That's <laughs> rumored. I whatever. Yeah, I don't I don't know. But it's so funny because right after Brandy did said she hopes. Did anybody see this movie? Did any? Oh, did you see what? Oppenheimer, Brandy? I did not yet. That's the one I have to sit down and gear myself up to watch. It does not feel like three hours. If that helps. Okay, I have heard that. Um, if you have noticed, I have been rel- relatively silent when it comes to Oppenheimer, um, because yeah, it I is know. also on. It is also on my list, and I have more notes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saving them for when I get to it on my list. Awesome. Um, this is such a side question real quick about wh- Killian Murphy. Did you ever see Red Eye with Rachel McAdams? Yes. Oh, because I, that movie to me is so good, but it's so funny. It's such like a funny, I don't know. His running is wild in it. Like he's got like knife arms when he runs. Like, well, you thought drag so me funny. to hell was also funny. So I'm starting to question. <laughs> It's true. It's true. It was a, what, what you think movie. is horror and comedy. Ooh, he's got a movie coming up called Small Things Like These. It comes out, I don't know, uh, but it says 2024. Um, and it says, in 1985, a devoted father and Bill Furlong, and Bill Furlong is Killian Murphy's character, discovers disturbing secrets kept by the local convent and uncovers shocking truths of his own. What is this other movie he's got coming out apparently this year called Hippie Hippie Shake? Yeah, I'm really excited about that one, too. (laughs) It's Killian Murphy, Sienna Miller, Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, what is it? It's, um, ah, I'm on the wrong page. He plays David Neville. 
yeah, that that's that's all I really know about and it. And it is um ooh, it's an account, uh, an account of, of counterculturalist yeah. Richard Neville's misadventures in London at the end of the 1960s. Oh. All right. So we'll see. I don't know. I just I love I love that man so much. Um <laughs> got very pretty eyes. Golly. Yeah, you just want to kind of fall into them. Have you ever seen Peaky Blinders, Brandy? Parts of it. My old roommate was like obsessed with that show. It was like one show she put on once and then binged it for like four days. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's easy watch because it's five seasons of six episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because she blew through it in like days. Yeah, and I was there's like, only 30 what? episodes. Well, oh. that's like that's like uh, Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Yes, is three episodes a season, isn't it? Three episodes a season, but each episode is an hour and a half. Yeah, no, this mm-hmm. uh, this Peaky Blinders is not that. It's not an hour and a half, but yeah. it is. Helen McCroy makes the show. Makes the show as Paul not Tom Hardy. Okay, listen. <laughs> Until you've is seen Helen Peaky Blinders, is she the one from Harry Potter? Yes, she was Narcissa. Narcissa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. I know. And I love her husband so much, Damian Lewis. I love him. Oh yeah. He he will always <sighs> be Major Winters to me from Band yes, of Brothers. I, yeah. Right? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god, I cried. I wish you didn't live so far away from me. I would like to hang out with you. (laughs) (laughs) We'd be besties. I feel like we would. We we have a lot in common. You'll laugh at the scary movies. I'll cry and pee my pants. It'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be great. (laughs) I mean, there is this whole thing called virtual hangouts. You know. Yeah, Yeah, we're doing that right now. To to each their own. (laughs) Um, So that takes me then to my number two. Um, Again. Based on a true story, this is a movie that I watched that I did not think I was going to enjoy as much as I really did. Um, And we talked about David Harbour earlier on. Uh, My number two is Gran Turismo. Ah, That's on my list to see. I want to see it. Really? Yeah, it is. It's David Harbour and Orlando Bloom. And it is... I did not think like I didn't realize it's how based true on a this, true story, right? It is based on a true mm-hmm. story. It is a racing league that decided to test video gamers to see if they had the skill to become real racers. And they tested a bunch of gamers and one of them made the cut and he became a legitimate Turismo racer. So much so that he is the stunt driver for the movie. So all the driving stunts that are in the movie are done by the guy that is this movie is based on. So he does all his own driving in the movie. David Harbour is fantastic because let's be real. What is he not fantastic in? Because he's fantastic in everything that he's in. Um, Orlando Bloom is great in this movie. And uh, it's a lot of other... I think lesser known or newer upcoming stars that are playing all the drivers that are in this movie. Um, but man, they're, they're so good. And the movie was so intriguing. The science behind it and the story that was told was just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe by the end of that movie, how much I really enjoyed it. So I knew it had to go on my list. And the more I started looking at my list and I'm like, like I'm like, okay, Mission Impossible goes here. I'm like, no, I liked Gran Turismo better. Okay, Air is going, no, I liked Gran Turismo better. 
to the point where it got to number two. So there it is. I just laughed because I watched Gran Turismo and then I went from watching Gran Turismo on the plane, flying back from home to here. And then the, literally the next movie I watched has the guy that plays Jan. I don't know his name, but it's Saltburn. Oh. So to watch him in Gran Turismo and then watch him in Saltburn back to back, I was like, my brain was a little mush after it. <laughs> it was it's very different. Yeah, two completely different movies. And I think um, the other actor that's in it, uh, he plays Nick, um, is also in Wheel of Time on Amazon. Um, he's the one that actually plays Rand. He's the he's the lead character in Wheel of Time. And the kid who plays, uh, he's like the hotshot. His real name's Dar- Darren Barnett. I went to acting class with him. And he's really sweet. But he was in uh, Never Have I Ever as well. Oh. In that new movie that just came out, Anyone But You, with Sidney Sweeney. Oh, okay. I know of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. So. But yeah, I mean, my number two is uh, Gran Turismo. Love it. That's so interesting. <laughs> uh, which takes us into our number ones for our top five. Uh, Brandy, what you got? Well, in the year of Taylor Swift and Beyonce, if I didn't say that Barbie was my number one for this year, I would do a disservice. So it is Barbie for me. Oh, the look on Kristen's face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just ruined our friend. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) I loved it. And I think because I had had such a strange year with my own mom and like health issues and stuff that when I went to see with a bunch of girlfriends, I cried through like the entire movie, but I loved it. I thought it was very girl powery. I loved Margot. I'm just not gonna look at Kristen. I think I love Margot Robbie as Barbie. I can for me. It was all he's great. Ooh, I mean, I love man, you and Kristen are on opposite totally, ends of the totally spectrum flopped. with this one. Yeah, that's funny. And the whole thing with the Oscars recently just pissed me off. So I was like, I have to put it as number one. You know, so I was really resistant to watching this movie. Big time resistant. I I never liked Barbie. I didn't. It didn't look good. I just was not. I'm like, why do we need this movie? We don't need it. And then everybody was like, oh, it's so female empowerment. It's so good. I was like, well, okay, as a feminist, I should probably see this movie. And then um, I heard that America Ferrera was really good in it, and I love her. Yeah. So I got the flu a couple weeks ago, and I said, <laughs> I might as well watch Barbie. I feel like shit already. And (laughs) (laughs) that's a nice attitude to take going in. And so (laughs) while I thought the beginning was just very vapid and shallow and just, I was like, why does everybody like this movie? You know, once she gets to the real world and once she gets to, um, you know, kind of experience what's going on. Watching Ken searching for the patriarchy was the funniest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. Was it one of my favorites? No. Did I think it should have been nominated for Best Picture? Absolutely not. But I loved the message. I hated the ending. If that... Really? Yeah, because if we are about equality and we are about wanting to make a better world for everybody, then we should have been better Then the Barbie world should have been better than the real world. And they shouldn't have said, no, we'll give the men the same equality that they give to women in the real world. Cause that to me was, was going low. You know, when you go low, when they go low, we're supposed to go high. And I would say 
that the better ending and the better message to send would be, no, we're going to make this equal because that is what we're after. We're not after putting one over on an, on men. We just want the same opportunities. Mm. So that was my only problem. I understand that completely. Uh, uh, I, I really you, do. But what <clears throat> did you think about that, Brandy? <laughs> uh <laughs> I can't lie to you. I didn't think that deep into it. <laughs> I had the flu. <laughs> um, I think that they were, especially with the flu, I definitely wouldn't have thought that deep into it, but your brain works in mysterious ways. But um, no, like I, I don't even know. I didn't even think of it like that. I just thought that like it's Barbie land and like the Barbie should rule Barbie <laughs> land. But I do agree personally, but I do agree. And I also think it was interesting to see the men, like the Kens, so easily wrapped up in like that, the form of pay, I can't even say it, of patriarchy yeah. of like the power. And I thought it was interesting to like, it seemed like they needed to be taught more before they could take over <laughs> is what I put. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm dying that at the Oscars, at the Oscars, Ryan Gosling is going to sing. I am Ken. I don't know how I feel about it personally. I mean, are we also going to get Simu Liu? Are we also going to get Simu Liu? Uh, he's, uh, he, it's the actor, the one that plays, he's in Shang-Chi. He's also one of the kids. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, because I know I Am Ken. Does he sing on I Am Ken? Because I Am Ken is Yeah, the, he's the other half. Do, don't they? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> then I assume. Well, you yeah. know who else is a, is like, a Ken? Yeah, I Obviously, <laughs> you know who else is a Ken and also sings on I am Ken is Shudi Gatwa, who is the new doctor. Yes, he's the and the guy. Well, the, the guy who plays and I don't know his name. He's one of the main Kens. He is in the new, but he's Bob Marley in the new Bob Marley, <gasps> which oh I, gosh, I can't talk I, about I, movie. That is one of the three ups, upcoming screenings I have in the next couple weeks. I, that's the one I didn't get to is I had Argyle, Madam Webb, and then I have that one, the, the Bob Marley movie. But I guess they were working together when it got announced because the guy who plays Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who, was like skitzing out all day. He was really nervous. Oh. And the other guy was like, are you good? And he was like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I'm just, I'm really excited. Oh, so he wasn't like, even allowed to say he was the new Doctor yet. Oh. Nope. Nothing. That's that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, I, I will tell you, I, I did enjoy the movie. Um I, I, but I will tell you, I enjoyed it for what it was for, you know, on the surface It's just something, a lot of fun to watch. I will tell you though, it has, in my opinion, one of the greatest final lines of any movie. <laughs> I knew you were and, um, I did not see it coming. And when it, when it is said, I, I burst out laughing and Barbie, she got like a vagina, it, it was the, well, be, that's all my dad because they <laughs> is that final line. That's it. That's well, because they about. make the whole point to make it known like they don't have genitalia, like that's it. And anybody who's played with a Barbie or a GI Joe knows that's how those dolls are. And so, right. for the final line to be, "I'm here to see my gynecologist," mm -hmm. was so brilliantly placed, and I like I I gut laughed. At yeah. that line, I'm like, I'm so glad that was the last line in the movie because I wouldn't have been able to hear any of the lines that came after that. My favorite line from the movie is said by Issa Rae, and it's so hard to say it if you think about it too hard when she asks one of the Kens if he's watching The Godfather, but she takes a breath 
in between God and father. So she says like, are you watching the God father? And like, just the way she delivers it. And it's so awkward, but it's so perfect. <laughs> I laugh out loud at it. It's so I love good. that. That's awesome. It's so, it's so I love anything Do- that Kate McKinnon did. Kate McKinnon, is, <laughs> Kate McKinnon is brilliant. Kristen, she you and I have talked about this before. For me. She totally made that movie. And I love the fact that she was always, <laughs> her legs were always doing just <laughs> wackadoodle things. Yep. Well, did you know, I'm sure you did, but did you know that Greta Gerwig and her went to school together? No. Like they've been I friends. didn't know that either. So they've been friends since school and they would like make movies and like they were in the same like, I guess like film department. So like. Greta Gerwig has known Kate McKinnon forever. So, like, when she was writing the script, that was the only person she like called her up before she even like finished it and was like, "Would you play Weird Barbie? I have this." And she was like, "I would love to." Yeah, that's the only that's yep. the only role that Kate McKinnon would have fit yep. into that movie is Weird Barbie. I know. And what makes me and oh what God. makes me and I don't want this to sound horrible when I say this too, but I know when this movie was first originally developed, it was supposed to be Amy Schumer. I Weird don't Barbie. see that. No, as Barbie. I really. Oh, I do. Remember and I that. do not see that at all. I, I don't see that at all. And I don't think this movie would have been. And it has nothing to do with her looks. I just this this movie would not have been nearly as successful with Amy Schumer as the lead role. No, I thought Margot Robbie did a really, really great job with like making you feel something. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. For a doll. Yeah. You know Watching I mean? her try to drink for the first time was fantastic. <laughs> 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 my mom, and this is such my life. My mom calls me after she watched it. She's a huge Barbie fan. Met, met Barbie's mother, has a book signed by her. Like my mom is a Barbie fan. And she called me afterwards crying. And I was like, oh, did the, she's like that line at the end about like mother standing still got me. And then she starts crying again and goes, and when Barbie's feet got flat, I was so upset. I was like, okay, that's where we're at in life. That's what made yeah, her cry. Well, Barbie's feet yeah, the, the, the whole thing about the mother standing still and that got me as well, for sure. I will say too, um, I did really enjoy the final scene with Rhea Perlman. I thought that was I thought that scene was was really well done. I thought it was a great message that was portrayed as well. She was wonderful in that movie too. Oh, and I think that Will Ferrell was just muted enough that he was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell? Oh, shut up. <laughs> I hiccuped a little bit. Oh. God. Gosh. Tina, get your dinner. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, I already know what it is, but for the people at home, Kristen, what's your number one? Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes. It was my favorite movie. <laughs> and I loved it so much. I loved it so much. Oh, my gosh. I love this movie so much. Um, first of all, Ben hasn't seen it yet. Brandy, did you see it? I did in the movie theater. Yep. Did you enjoy it? I did. I have things to say, but yes, I did. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to hear your things to say for (laughs) sure. So I love Hunger Games. I've always loved Hunger Games. I love, but when I heard that they were going to do a book on President Snow, I was so resistant to it because I said, I don't think that we need 
a President Snow backstory. Like, I don't need that backstory. Turns out I did. <laughs> turns out <laughs> turns out I really, really, really loved it to the point that it's my favorite of the four books, and it is now my favorite of the five movies. And my wow. only wish is that I really wish that they would have taken this book and instead of having three parts, I wish that they would have done at least two maybe three movies out of this book because I think they could have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two very distinct stories in the movie and you could have done the first movie up to the Hunger Games and the second movie could have been everything that happened after the Hunger Games and it would have been beautifully done. Um, Tom Blythe, I think is his name. He plays yeah. Cor- Coriolanus Snow, was magnificent. I just thought that his his evolution from this idealistic um, kid to kind of evolve into the beginnings of who we know as President Snow at the beginning of Katniss Everdeen's story. I just thought that he did it really, really well. Like you found yourself rooting for him and rooting for him and rooting for him. And then by the end of it, you're like, why am I rooting for this guy? He's horrible. Um, Rachel Zegler was fantastic in this movie. I thought she, first of all, every song she sang, we listened to on repeat in our house all the time. We are always listening to that girl sing. Um, <laughs> I I am really, really pissed off that not one song from Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes made it to an Oscar nomination. Um, there are eight original songs in that in that movie and they're all fantastic they're all beautiful and i don't understand why they weren't recognized i thought that um viola davis gave one of the best performances i've ever seen ever she was so captivating as uh, Dr. Gall. I mean, everything that she did, whoever was costuming her did wonderfully. She always had gloves on her hand. She always, you know, when she wore that white vest or that white dress with the blood red gloves, you know, symbolizing that she had blood on her hands. I just thought that that was beautiful. Her her snakes, I hate snakes. I hate them. And I just love the way that they were woven into the story. There's just I can't say enough good things about this movie. I thought that the adaptation from book to film was really well done, given the fact that they crammed all of what they did into one movie. So I I just obviously loved it. I I can't tell, Kristen. Did you like this movie? I know. I loved it so much. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I have yet to see it. So, But I have to. I have to for, um, for Movie Swap. Because mm-hmm. it is the movie you gave me for Movie Swap. So mm-hmm. I have to watch it. What about Do you, you, Brandy? Do you think that it wasn't up for... Because um, re- I am really... I will say I didn't realize that it came out in 2023. I thought it came out in 2024. So I will say that. A. B. Because um, I would have thought... What's the one by Olivia Rodrigo that was everywhere? Her song? Oh, it's from Ballads. Because I know that she redid all of the songs. Because apparently yes. Rachel Ziegler isn't good enough for radio. Um, she wrote the song for the movie. I forget what it's called about being in the trees. Uh, the hang no, it's not the hanging tree because the hanging tree is from the original trilogy. 
Um, but I, I would have assumed it would have been up there with what was I made for? Cause it was, they were basically played back to back for a minute there, like on the radio. Oh, I assumed that it, the reason it wasn't nominated was because it was too late in the game to be nominated. Cause didn't it come out like last month? It came out in Thanksgiving. Did it? Yeah. It did? Yeah. Oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm very wrong. JK. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I tried to help you out there. I don't know. I, I, I know. Been I, what out. song was it? Oh, Can't Catch Me Now. Oh, that is a good one. Do you know who she wrote that for? Mm-mm. She wrote it, her favorite character, because she's one of those kids that like grew up with the Hunger Games. Yeah. If you listen to the words, it makes sense. It's a song she wrote about Rue, for Rue. I love that. I know. I'm in well, the trees. I'm in the breeze. She steps on the ground. You'll see my face in every place, but you can't catch me now through waiting grass. The months will pass. You'll feel it all around. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'm in the trees. I'm in the breeze. Yep. And she was a climber. So she wrote it. She wanted Rue to have like the underlying tone of the whole song. Oof, I love that. I didn't even know that. And I love mm-hmm. that. And it like it just worked out for like the movie too. I loved um Hunter Schaefer in that. Is that her name? In that movie, Tigress. I oh, she had, was like, a whole movie just about her. I would love to see how she got to be Tigress that we see in Mocking Jay. Yes, because the ending with her where she finally calls him by his full n- real name and tells me looks just like it's uh, that part was really good. I enjoyed it. There were parts of it that I think I th- I had to think too much about it. And mm. I think I perceived we can talk about spoilers right on this or no. Ben? You, I mean, you you can. I still need to watch the movie, but um, I'm, you can talk about him. It's fine. No, I don't want to do that to you. But the bigger thing that happened, <laughs> I translated it into a different way than everybody else had watched it. So, like, I was confused by everybody's reaction. Ooh, I'd be it. interested to know what you think. What, what, which big event? Because there's a few. The, do you care if I say it, Ben? You know what? Um, go ahead and talk about it and just wave when you're done. Yeah. Okay. All Take right, them right. off. Good. Um, so the part where like she disappears and she leaves, right. And she runs mm-hmm. away. Yeah. I saw that coming a mile away. And, but the thing is she left him. Everybody's like, oh, he betrayed her. But like she left him. She went to go pick Katniss, which we all know was a lie. He literally walked down to the beach thing to drop the guns off and then turned and she bailed. I so I have a th- I was like everybody's so mad at him but like she left. I have I a theory left. on that. I think that she played him the whole time. Do you? I do. I think she played him from the Hunger Games. That would have been smart. I think that she saw that, you know, she was charming and he was charming and that they could make a show out of it and she could probably manipulate him into, you know, getting through it alive. And then she saw him again in District 12 and probably saw him as like a way out somehow Mm -hmm. and maybe got him back for for everything that, you know, the capital puts all these districts into. I think that there's a big reason why snow hates district district 12 and you know i mean he it's obvious why he hated katniss so much by the end of the movie right and and why the the hanging tree is a forbidden song 
Yeah. But, but she sings at one point, like, the song she sings to Rue is the ballad of Lucy Gray. But right. The only way she would know that is if her grandparents were one of the people in her covey. That's what I'm saying. I think, and and I really do think that Lucy Gray is Katniss's grandmother. I don't think she's her grandmother. I think, you know, Maud Ivory, her best friend, and the little boy who's in it who has the Katniss braid, I think they're her grandparents. Interesting. So, like, the only people that would know that would be her best friends, who were the four people that were in her covey. Okay. Yeah. I love that. And real quick, before we bring him back, somebody said, and I thought it was so interesting, that, you know, when he, like, throws out the guns and he drops the guns into the river? Yeah. Somebody said, what if it wasn't guns? What if it was her? No. Because the way he places the, which, when as soon as he did, I was like, that looks like a body bag. That's really weird for there to be two guns in there. He, like, so gently and, like, gracefully, like, places the bag of guns into the thing and it immediately sinks. I have got to rewatch that with that in mind because that is amazing and I love that. Because I, I read it online, but I thought that when I watched it, I was like, he did that? Like, it's guns. Just give it a chuck and call it a day. Right. But, like, he, like, gracefully puts this bag, like, into the water and it sinks. And then he has his, like, hallucination. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because I thought that he was being, I thought that he was, like, kind of burying himself, you know what I mean? Like, he was burying his past with with those guns, but to do that, oh, man, I love (laughs) that idea so much. I'm going to rewatch it with that in mind. Should we bring him back? We should, yeah. I agree with everything you guys just said. (laughs) You should. We're brilliant. (laughs) We are. We're great. Um, So are we good on the Hunger Games talk? Yes. We're good? So we can move on to my number one now? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Um, I'm glad you guys got that out of your system. <laughs> I was I couldn't hear it, but I was watching. You guys look so engaged in your conversation. <laughs> uh, my number one is a movie that has already been mentioned, uh, but of course it was my number one, and that's Oppenheimer. The The movie, to me, was just an... And Kristen said a lot of what I had to say, but I remember walking out of that movie just thinking, like, this is Nolan's year for Oscars. Like he's going to sweep. It's a masterpiece. Uh, sorry for the holdovers and all the other movies that are nominated, but like as much as there's big controversy for you know Margot Robbie, you know, and and mm-hmm. and those characters doesn't matter. Uh, Oppenheimer is going to win anything it's nominated for this year, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I Kristen said it. It didn't feel like three hours. Mm-mm. I was. I, and I saw this movie for the first time on IMAX, which just made it so much more incredible. And seeing it that big on the screen and the dynamic stories this is telling, I walked out of that movie immediately saying, like, you know what? Like, when I do reviews, I very, very, very rarely ever give five out of five. This, There's no question in my mind, this is a five-star out of five-star movie. Mm, so good. And, it is absolutely incredible, um, I, and I really can't say much else that Kristen hasn't already said. That I mean, Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, every one of them, Florence Pugh, like they're all freaking amazing, and every person in this movie kills it. Um, you know, so it's. It is what it is. I I, I really it can't is on say the list. I can't say much of anything else. 
Um, it's phenomenal because they're all individually brilliant, but they're also all, um, as an ensemble, they're all brilliant. The effects are good. The costumes are good. The writing is good. Ev- everything is good. Everything. <laughs> I just love that. Yeah, movie. it's just it's so it. It's a master. It really is a masterpiece. It really, absolutely is. Yeah, this is something he put his whole self into, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, and I love the fact too that like he brought Matt Damon out of temporary retirement for this movie too. Yeah, Matt he Damon- had to get permission from his wife. <laughs> yeah, Matt da- Matt Damon was ready to take a break from acting and told his wife, "The only way I will not take this break is if I get a phone call from Christopher Nolan." And within, I think, what, two weeks, Christopher Nolan called him. (laughs) And he told his wife, Welp, I said the only way I wouldn't do it is, you know, if Christopher Nolan calls and Christopher Nolan called. That's crazy. And I don't even think like he was saying, like, if he called me for Oppenheimer, I think he was just jokingly saying, like, the one person more than anybody else I would love to work with is Christopher Nolan. So if Mm -hmm. I get the opportunity, I'm going to take it. Yeah. And Oppenheimer was casting and Christopher Nolan said, hey, I got a role for you in Oppenheimer. And Matt was like, yep, done. Let's do it. So I definitely uh, have to say it. I have to like gear up to sit down and watch it. It's so good. And you do have to dedicate the three hours, but it doesn't feel like it at all. It really Mm -hmm. doesn't. Next time it rains in California, I'd go ahead and watch it. (laughs) I will. So so you'll watch it in like 2027. Yeah. No, it rained all last week. San Diego flooded. Oh, it oh. did. No. Are you in San Diego? I'm not. I'm in Alhambra right by Pasadena. Okay. Area. Um, yeah, so that was my number one. Uh, let's throw out a couple honorable mentions um, before we uh, we get into the last of things. And, and I'll kick us off again for this one, too. Um, two of the ones that I had in my honorable mentions were already mentioned and that's barbie and dungeons and dragons they were both in my honorable mentions uh fast x just because i love the fast and furious movies i had to bring up fast x Kristen, stop rolling your eyes that hard um i wanted uh, to look at my brain for a minute uh the super mario movie i thought was actually really well done i i thought that was a, a lot of fun that's I my own oh, that's an honorable mention on my part too i loved I did, it yeah I didn't think it, I was like Chris Platt, Christopher Platt as Mario or not Christopher Platt. Jesus. Chris, yeah. Uh, Pratt, Pratt, not Platt. Yeah. Chris Pratt. Um, <laughs> wow. I didn't, I didn't know how that was going to work as Mario. It worked. It really worked. Uh, there's another movie called plane with Gerard Butler, which was a lot better than I thought it was going to be Uh nice, really fun action flick there. Uh, a basketball movie called champions with Woody Harrelson. Uh-huh. I thought was oh, I've heard of that. was really well done. And this one almost made my top five. Um, it almost beat out Tetris for my top five. Um, but I feel like he's really on a resurgence of his career right now. Uh, and that is Nicolas Cage. And the movie Dream Scenario was so fucking weird. But really well done. Um. And it was by Ari Aster, or Ari Aster, who's um, done a ton of other uh, great, like horror, like just weird, <laughs> weird movies. Um, Hereditary, Bo is Beautiful, Midsommar. So yeah, this was just 
Dream Scenario was just a really weird movie, but Nicolas Cage is fantastic in it. And like I said, I feel like he's got, he's had a major resurgence lately. I know one of the movies Kristen and I talked about last year that we both loved was uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. That movie was fantastic. <laughs> With him and Pedro Pascal. That movie is so... Have you seen that one, Brandy? No. Uh-uh. Oh, God. Add The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent to your list. Highly I recommend. Will. It's on Plex, I'm assuming, right? It is. It is. Uh, it's Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal. And it is. <laughs> it is the buddy movie you need in your life. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is and Nicolas so... Cage plays himself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pedro Pascal plays like a, a Mexican drug lord and Nicolas Cage plays himself. And Pedro Pascal's character is like a massive Nicolas Cage fan. Oh, my God. So they're buddy, buddy hanging out. And I will say this. This isn't too much of a spoiler, but one of the best scenes in the movie is when they think they're being chased. <laughs> But they're not being chased at all. They just think they're being chased because they're both on LSD. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is. And Nicolas Cage has even come out and said he's even come out and said that that is one of his favorite movies he's ever done. Ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's I I think that was that might have been my number one. No. um, Everything Everywhere All at Once was my number one last year. But I think the unbearable weight of massive talent was my number two last year. So it was really good. It was really good. <laughs> yeah, add that to your list and make it high on the list, Brandy, because I will. You will not be disappointed. Oh my god, uh, Kristen! Honorable mentions. Uh, I just had a like two. Super Mario Brothers was one of mine. I thought it was really, really good. I thought it was adorable, actually. We really enjoyed it as a family. And then Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I had a really good time with that movie when we went to go see it. Um, I thought it was light and fun, and we enjoyed it as a family. So that's all I got. I I enjoyed Indiana Jones for what it is, but I couldn't give it a higher rating than three and a half because to me it has a glaring plot hole that really bugged me. You mean like the first one? What do you what like Raiders? Yeah, you've never no. Seen I'm Big Bang Theory. Where I'm not ta- no. Fowler ruins yeah, I, Raiders. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about that. Um, I'm talking about the fact. Um, and this is a spoiler, Brandy. I don't know if this will ruin it for you if you've seen Indiana no, Jones. Or not. Um, I'm talking about the fact that one of the main plots of Indiana Jones is that he is wanted for murder in the beginning of the movie until he starts chasing the compass. Uh, and then ends up going back in time. And when he comes back, he returns to New York, but is never resolved that he's still wanted for murder. Maybe he changed history, man. You've seen the butterfly effect. That's not how it works. Well, <laughs> you know, until you've traveled time, you don't know how it works either, my friend. Are you a time traveler? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know his life. You don't know what he did or didn't you- do in time travel. <laughs> You don't know what him and Archimedes talked about. <laughs> Everything is no, different. That, that 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 really bugged me is the fact it's like, okay, but what about the fact that he's still wanted for murder? Eh. It's never resolved. And that it kind of bugged me. Potato. But other potato. than that, other than that, I enjoyed it. Especially the Monty Python reference in the beginning of the movie. I don't know if anybody else knows about that. Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Yeah. 
Which one? Um, the fact that when he is on the train in the beginning of the movie and he walks into the treasure car. Yeah, the Holy Grail is in the back. Ah, I thought it was going to be something with coconuts. Oh, no, it's not the Holy Grail. It's the Holy Hand Grenade. The Holy Hand Grenade from Monty Python and the Holy Grail is part of the treasure trove in the back. I do remember that, I but I don't, I remember, re- whatever, it doesn't matter. Brandy, what are your nominees? <laughs> yeah, what are your honorable <laughs> Mine are very quick. Mine, of course, because I'm a Tisa fan, is the Eras Tour. Saw it in person, then went at nine in the morning to watch a four-hour movie of Taylor Swift again. <laughs> I loved Joyride, if you guys haven't seen that. Have you guys seen that? I have not. Joyride, it's Ashley Park. Um, it's Sherry Cola is her name. It's like four best friends. It's Stephanie Shu from um, Everything, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so funny. It's a girl comedy. Um, and then Cocaine Bear, which I didn't think I <laughs> would like. I watched it twice and found myself enjoying it both times. So I was like, okay. That's awesome. I I did hear Cocaine Bear was pretty good. (laughs) It is the most ridiculous movie. It's up there with like Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) Ridiculous, but it's like not stupid. Well, it's stupid, but like you go in thinking it's stupid. And like you just have a good You go in knowing that you're about to see like Sharknado or whatever. Yes. Yes. But there's a ton of stars in it where you're like, what? Hey, much like Sharknado. Yes. Oh no, that's that's using the word stars loosely. Yeah. <laughs> is there, I mean, is there anything lower li- than Z list stars? I don't know. D list. I don't know. I mean, where's Kathy Griffith? Uh, off <laughs> off the list stars. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> True. Uh, all right, so let's make qu- make quick mention before we we wrap this up and we get out of here. Anything that really sticks out in your mind as some of your least favorites? Guardians whether- of the Galaxy three. Oh, here we it was go. Was the worst fucking movie I saw all year. Okay, I'm done. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was a forgettable movie for me for that for sure. I I know what Kristen's big point of view behind it is, and she's very it's it's very legitimate uh, cause for concern when it comes to reasons for liking the movie and that is animal cruelty um it is really i know it's for the sake of telling the story but it is very prevalent through the movie 90 minutes of animal torture to tell a story yeah so i I do i do absolutely get that and i do absolutely understand that um but take that out of the movie and it is a great story but you're right it i don't think it was necessarily needed but they're not together well no but that's they we knew that was going to happen I did not know that. Well, I mean, we was because Dave Batista was we already knew was leaving the role of Drax. Um, well, I knew they were like leaving, but I just assumed they were going to leave together, and then the story was done. I didn't realize they were not going to be in it. Well, we're still going to see a couple of them. Um, okay, uh, Star Lord is coming back. Uh, I don't think he's. It's going to be in his own movie, but we're going to see the yes. character again. Um. Rocket and Groot, I think there's a possibility we're going to see them come back as well. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see where it goes. Anything can happen with Marvel. Except Tony Stark coming back. Please don't do that. We're in the multiverse Mine now. Was a, what? We're in the multiverse now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but if we're in the multiverse, that means we can do the original plan for Tony Stark. You know who that was? Tom Cruise. Fuck you. Okay, go... <laughs> I'm not lying. Ah, uh, great. 
I will say really quickly, my least favorite movie I watched yesterday, it was a four-hour movie. It took me six hours to watch. It was Killers of the Flower Moon. And it was the, longest, <laughs> the longest movie I have ever sat through in my life. And I was on my couch. And it was, it was, it was. It wasn't good. Leo's cute face couldn't, couldn't save it for me. Mm. But, like, it wasn't bad. Okay, I'll say this. It wasn't bad, but you know from Jump. And I mean jump, like the story. You know exactly what's going to happen. They say it out loud. Like, it's based off a true story, which is super sad. It focuses on one family. But, like, you know from jump who the bad guy is and what's going to happen. And nobody, not once, reacts at all the way you want them to react to the news. <sighs> so it's frustrating. That. Yes. And the girl that plays, her name's Lily Gladstone. She plays Molly, the main girl. She's up for an Oscar for it. She acts through her. She doesn't have a lot to say. She doesn't have a lot to do. She's very like Wednesday Adams monotone. And she acts through her eyes the entire time. There's once that she yells. There's once that she like raises her voice and you don't think it's, you think it's going to be a different part. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, but it feels like a six hour movie. Said with love. I still, ha I still have to watch it because it's Oscar nominated, so I, I have to watch yep. it. Um, I will tell you my worst movie of 2023. It's so bad that I never even watched it. Uh, I just know it's going to be bad, even though I have a friend who absolutely loves it. I'm like, I question your sanity. Uh, and that is uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. And it what? is the... Oh my God. It is the... Um, when Winnie the Pooh entered public domain, meant... Anybody could use it, so somebody used it to make a horror movie. I was going to watch that. I can't lie to you. I saw it online, <laughs> like on Plex, and I was like, let me watch this. And then I was like, don't do it to yourself. It is basically, it was made in 10 days on a budget of $100,000. Uh -huh. uh, and it is basically uh, torture porn. Oh, I'm glad I didn't watch So I'm it. like, uh, no, thank you. Um, one of my favorite movies from years past is Christopher Robin because I adore Winnie the Pooh. And when I got to moderate a panel with Jim Cummings, who was the voice of Winnie the Pooh, it made my love for Winnie the Pooh even better. So I will not be watching a horror movie with Winnie the Pooh because you will not ruin my image and my love for that character. <laughs> so fuck That's you. Fair. Not watching it. That's fair. <laughs> um... Last but not least, before we plug things, what are we looking forward to for this year, 2024, film or television-wise? I can tell you I am highly anticipating Argyle, which I get to see next week, which I'm really excited yes. for. Uh, I love Sam Rockwell, and to see him finally get a leading man role, I'm like so excited for. Uh, Deadpool 3 later on this year, I am stoked for. Dune and Chapter 2, Dune Part 2 for me. I knew well that was also your big looking oh. forward to for 2023 too. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Thanks. Thanks writers strike. Yeah. Um and I will also say uh Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. Uh, Cuz I love Ghostbusters. So I'm looking forward to that too. Um <laughs> television Cobra Kai. Bring back the final bring the give me the final season of Cobra Kai. And I'm happy. Uh, what about you guys? Anything else? Go ahead. What's oh, that? Me. Uh, yeah, I was like, if you have something, go ahead. Yep, I just have one. Oh, thing, yeah. So. Mine was Dune. Oh, 
Mine's a, it's a TV show. It's on the BBC. It'll come out. It's based off a book I'm reading. It's called A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. And it, I don't know what to where it's going to be like released, but I know the BBC is doing it. But I'm excited. It has the one little girl from Wednesday, her best friend. Nice. Is the main girl. Yeah. All right. That's what I'm excited for. Um, last but not least, uh, before we, uh, we wrap up, all of this discussion on our top five favorites. Uh, I want to give you guys the opportunity to plug anything that you guys have. Um, Brandy, I'll start with you. Do you have anything that you, you want to plug? You want to tell people about, or even if it's not about you, but you have like a, a friend who has a podcast, not saying us, that was, that was <laughs> not meant to be addressed to us. Cause we'll plug our own. Um, but like, if you have like friends out in California are working on a movie, you want them to check out like anything at all. This is your opportunity to plug whatever you want. So it is not for me, but I have a really good friend. Um, his name is Righteous Robot is what he goes by. And he is doing a paper animated short called Gruff, which is based off of um, his dad. And it is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. It's gotten a lot of like press and publicity, but it's literally like cut out pieces of paper that he is he's doing everything by himself. So if you go give it a look or a watch, it should come out in 2024 i believe is when he's trying to get out but it's insane is there like doing. a website or anything people can go to to check it out or um he's all over social media so he's his rights just robot on youtube on instagram on tiktok um it's like a little robot is like the symbol but his his name is julian curry and it's insane what he's doing okay cool i'll, I'll check that out perfect Kristen, what do you want to plug um, gosh, I'm not doing much of anything right now. <laughs> no. Our revisited podcast, of course, on Ted Lasso. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun doing it, and I highly recommend checking it out. It's been great revisiting that show again, too. I love getting to rewatch it every week. It's so Me great. Me too. And then getting to just talk about it and dive into it a little bit further than just surface stuff has just been Yes. Oh, it's been so good. Yeah, revisitedpod.com is where you can go and check that out. Uh, as for me, I will plug stuff here um, for Wilhelm. Uh, this is the new. This is the first episode of the new season, so be sure to um, make sure you're subscribed if you're not already for all the new stuff that's going to be coming over the course of the next couple months, including more top five episodes, more interviews. We have coming up uh, Dante Basco, Daniel Ross, Mark Summers. I'm working on... I was working on this before the pandemic, but now the pandemic or uh, before the strike rather. Uh, but now that the strike's over, I'm going to start working on it again. But Jason Manzukis. Um, yeah, I see the smile on Kristen's face. Adrian Pimento. Um, uh, so, yeah, so check that out. Plus, I've got audio of panels I did over the course of last year, including Anson Mount, Chris Sarandon, uh, the Brat Pack. So Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy, all I uh, got audio. Of those panels going to be coming over the course of everything, too. So just make sure you're subscribed if you're not already. Wilhelmpodcast.com. Uh, and last but not least, uh, for both Revisited and Wilhelm, if you like what you're hearing, uh, go and leave us a review. It It really, really helps us out. Um, I did get a little bit of listener feedback, so we're going to do that in the post credit, which is going to be coming up after this. So stick around for that. But before we go, Brandy and Kristen, thank you for coming on and doing this. It was long, but it was fun. Yeah, I had a good time. It was great. It didn't feel like that. It, right? It was like Oppen it's like it was the like Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
It's not Killers of the Flower Moon. It's more like there you go. About it's more it. yep. Oppenheimer three hours, or is it Killers <laughs> of the Flower Moon three hours? <laughs> I'd like to lean towards Oppenheimer. So yes, um, you can hear Kristen and I coming soon on another episode of Revisited. And as for Brandy, if she's not on before that, you will definitely hear her on for the Oscar episode this year uh, when we're Woo. we're going to recap the. Um, we're going to pick our favorites. I think we're, we're going to do it a little differently this year in that instead of choosing which one we're going to win is going to win, we're going to choose both the winners and our favorites because they could be different. Yeah. So we're, we're going to reveal, reveal both this year and Paik is going to be joining us for that one as well. So expect that one in March right before the Oscars cool. is when that one will be coming up. So a couple months. Uh, but thank you guys again, both for joining me for this, but stick around and we're going to go into the Wilhelm post credit. Welcome into the Wilhelm post credit and apologies for such a long episode. I realized this episode, by the time I'm done with this post credit, we're probably looking at a three hour long episode, but look, it's the first episode of the new season, the first episode of the new year. We had a lot of things to say about our favorites from the past year. So I'd expect nothing less than a three hour long episode. Uh, but again, apologies for that. And if you're still sticking around and you're still listening to this point right now, uh, thank you. Thank you for, for sticking it out and uh, and coming to this point. Uh, I promise you, we're almost done. We're almost done. Um, these Wilhelm post credits are something new that I decided to do. I did it with the, uh, the Doctor Who episode. And uh, I didn't do it with any of the Monarch stuff because we were covering listener feedback as we went along with that. Uh, but the Wilhelm post credit going forward, this is going to be my little solo time with all of you where I go over some listener feedback uh, of what you guys think of the topic of the week, uh, anything else that you guys want to talk about. Uh, and I'll let you know about the happenings of the podcast. It is the new season. It is the new year, 2024. I have a lot of ideas for 2024, and we're going to push forward with them. Um, and starting off right away, uh, I'm going to let you guys know right now, I've been toying with this for a while. I've been messing with it for a while, but I can tell you now, officially, the Wilhelm Patreon kicks off in February. Uh, I'm keeping it simple. I'm going to have a couple different tiers, but I got some really great stuff coming your way for depending on which tier you sign up for. If you decide to sign up for a tier, it's not necessary, but it is appreciated. And I don't do it. I don't plan on doing it to make money. I'm not launching a Patreon to, to be rich. Uh, I'm basically doing it to offset costs of podcasting. Anybody who podcasts knows, especially somebody like me who's been doing it for this long and has involved so much, you know, prices of websites, you know, websites cost money every month, hosting costs money every month. And you know, there's other costs incurred. I want to be able to advertise with the podcast. So the Patreon is going to be the easiest way to do that. And of course, I'm going to offer you guys some great incentives uh, to sign up. Not going to be robbing your pockets or anything like that. We're going to keep the tiers relatively low. Uh, so I think the things that I'm going to be offering on these tiers 
I think they're well worth the price, but uh, that's up to you to decide once I launch the, the Patreon. Again, Wilhelm Patreon launching officially in February. Uh, more details on that to come as we go forward. Uh, but in addition to that, in addition to the Patreon launching, lots of great episodes coming up. We're going to have... Uh, a lot of the panels that I did from 2023, whether they be Rhode Island Comic Con or Contropolis or Fan Expo, I've got audio of all those panels. I'm going to be releasing them over the course of 2024 so you can listen to them. And of course, I'm working a ton of shows in 2024, so I'm going to have even more audio to release to you. And I promise you're not going to have to wait till 2025 to hear the audio of those panels. Mm. Maybe Rhode Island Comic Con, because that is at the end of the year, but all the shows I'm going to do between now uh, and Rhode Island Comic Con, I promise you, we're going to have a quicker turnaround on them. So lots of great panel audio, uh, including Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, Anson Mount from Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Chris Sarandon from Princess Bride, um, Christy Swanson, the, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer, audio from the Brat Pack panel, audio from my panel with Greg Nicotero from The Walking Dead, Disney voices, so much more. In addition to that, we've got great interviews set up for this season. Dante Basco, a.k.a. Uh, Rufio from Hook, is going to be coming on uh, and joining me this uh, this season. We've got Mark Summers joining me this season. We've got Brian, uh, Daniel Ross, the voice of Donald Duck, and Grimace is going to be joining me this season. Those are just the ones I have set up. I have a lot of other ones in the works. We've got some movie reviews. We're going to be doing a ton of movie reviews this year. Uh, just off the top of my head, I'm going to be going to see Argyle, which is the new Bryce Dallas Howard and Sam Rockwell movie coming up. I'm going to give you a spoiler-free review of that after I get to see the advanced screening of that. I have an advanced screening of the new Bob Marley biopic, which I'm going to be watching. I'm looking forward to that as well. I've got a screening of Madam Web coming up, which... Uh, I'm holding out reservations, but we'll see how that goes when I see that screening. So a lot of stuff coming this season in 2024. More top five episodes, more specialty episodes, more debates, more guests, more interviews, more panel um, panel audio. So lots and lots of stuff to do. But the biggest thing about these this this post credit is of course I want to get to some listener feedback and I reached out I put the word out to see what some of your favorites from 2023 are and I did get some responses so of course of course I'm going to share those responses here in this post credit so special thanks to everybody who left me feedback for this one uh, you know only three or four of you but you guys all of you who did you lived up to it. I appreciate it. So let's get to it. Uh, the first one comes from my great friend, Paul Williams, uh, host of the What Lurks Behind uh, Podcast Zero podcast, which is going to be taking a little bit of an hiatus. Paul is uh, he's kind of re he's kind of looking at things right now to see where he wants to go with the podcast. And I support him. I stand behind him in this choice to do that. I've done that with this podcast. So I stand behind him. Paul, if you're listening, support you. Anywhere you go, whatever you decide to do, you've got my support. But anyway, uh, Paul writes in, he says, Hey, Ben, these are my five favorite picks for movies I loved in 2023, from five to one. Number five, talk to me. Uh, number four, her, uh, Husera, the bone woman. Number three, no one will save you. Number two, Saul X. 
And number one, When Evil Lurks. A note to keep in mind, I haven't seen Godzilla Minus One yet, but from what I've been told and knowing my preferences in movies, Minus One would easily be a number one or two for me. So this list could change once I see that one. Later, bud. Paul. Of course, most of these movies that Paul listed are horror. That's what he does. That's what he's into. That's his passion. So I would expect nothing less. Uh, and unfortunately, I haven't seen any of them. So I really can't make any comments on any of these top fives. But Paul, thank you for writing in. Of course, I appreciate the feedback. Uh, and I trust me. I, I trust you, man. I trust you, brother, when it comes to recommendations for horror movies. So I will check out every one of these, including Saul X. I, I kind of got bored with the Saul movies after Saul 2 and Saul 3, uh, but I heard a lot of good things about Saul X, so you never know. I might go back and check out the franchise again, or at least just go and check out Saul X. We'll see. Uh, next piece of feedback comes via Facebook, and it comes from Alex Kruger. He says, best TV shows of 2023 for me. Succession. Leading into the series finale, I had so many thoughts on where each character would end up. I didn't expect where they went, and that's the true brilliance of this show. There's, there wasn't a bad performance from a single member of the ensemble, and it should go down as one of the best HBO dramas of all time. That's, that's high praise, because HBO has put out a lot of great dramas. So, yeah, it's, it's on my list. Uh, shrinking. Sometimes it's easy to forget how damn funny Harrison Ford is. I'm so impressed with what Bill Lawrence has done with his Apple Plus TV shows uh, and how he has blended heart and humor so flawlessly. Though anyone who has seen the Where Do You Think We Are episode of Scrubs shouldn't be surprised at how well he can make you go from laughing your ass off to bawling your eyes out. Where Do You Think We Are episode of Scrubs? That episode breaks me every single time it is this is me speaking this isn't alex uh bill lawrence if you don't know is also one of the co-writers and co-creators of ted lasso which anybody who knows me knows my passion for that show as well i talked a little bit about it earlier um but that episode man with brendan frazier uh, and john c mcginley it is such a brilliant episode and you're right alex it's just man it gets me every time um uh, back to what Alex was saying, though. Platonic. I did not expect to enjoy the show as much as I did. It seemed like an interesting premise, and I fully expected it to fall into most, if not all, rom-com tropes. But it really settled on the diagnosis of a long-standing friendship and what it can mean to reconnect with someone from your past when there are still unhealed scars. I've never heard of that one. Uh, I'm going to have to look into that one now. Uh, I imagine plenty of folks will weigh in on The Last of Us, Daryl Dixon, and Dead City, so no need for me to discuss, but they all rank extremely high for me as well. Uh, TV shows I'm most looking forward to in 2024. Right now, I am too obsessed with every droplet of news we get for Avatar, The Last Airbender, and The Ones Who Live. I really think uh, I really think about anything else. I think he might, he might have meant to say I rarely think about anything else. Uh, ones, ones who live, I'm really looking forward to. That's the new Walking Dead spinoff, so I'm with you there on Al with you there, Alex. And the new Avatar, Last Barrett Bender, the screen, the trailer just dropped, and it looks amazing. Uh, I love Daniel Day Kim, so that him being in it alone is enough for me to uh to go for it. 
Uh, best movies of 2023. Leo, I have two kids under 10. It was a lot of kids' movies for me. <laughs> Hats off to Adam Sandler for creating a really touching kids' movie about so many issues plaguing kids these days and giving me a great opportunity to have meaningful discussions with my girls about the content. There were some typical Sandman toilet humor. <laughs> Sandman, I see what you did there. Uh, but it was a really touching flick with a lot of laughs. That one is on my list, actually, Alex. I'm going to have to check that one out now. Uh, Blue Beetle. Uh, Yolo, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but he is from Cobra Kai, so... If you know him, you know him. Uh, gives me such young Stephen Young vibes. It's insane. He is phenomenal in Cobra Kai, and he was great in this. The dude has heart, humor, depth, and charisma. I hope his star continues to rise, and he gets much, and he gets more chances to flex his acting chops. Um, I haven't seen Blue Beetle yet. I'm kind of skeptical in the DC universe right now, but it is on my list, and uh, we'll see. I'll probably check it out soon. Uh, Air. One of my top five there, Alex. This was just peak nostalgia bait for me, and every damn single actor brought their A-game. It was such an inspired decision to not include Michael Jordan as a character and instead focus on the world around him. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are such gold together, and I haven't enjoyed them sharing a scene this much since Dogma. <laughs> I love Dogma. Just gonna put that out there uh, and again i imagine barbie will get plenty of love and somewhere anthony anderson's mom is telling me my time is up uh thank you so much for that alex um I, you've apologized for leaving long feedback in the past don't apologize for it every word of your feedback is great so don't ever apologize for leaving long feedback whether it's on here or revisited you're you're fine don't even apologize for it Okay, so our next one comes from uh, Jonathan Bukalil, uh, who another one of my co-podcasters out there. Uh, he does a lot of the Star Wars podcasts over on Podcastica. Check them out, podcastica.com. Uh, my favorite moment for 2023 was going to see Oppenheimer at a packed cinema, enjoying queuing up before a palatable, a palatable buzz in the theater, groups dressed in pink for some strange reason, and then a film that surpassed all expectations, creative filmmaking, incredible writing and acting, and the shared experience that took me back to a better time. Couldn't have said it better myself. I mean... You heard, that was my number one for 2023, so I'm with you there. Uh, my worst moment of 2023, the Jack Black and Lizzo cameo on The Mandalorian. What the actual fuck? Um, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed that. I know you are, um, that's your wheelhouse, Jonathan, because I know you, you know, you podcast on the Star Wars stuff, um, and you, you chime in on a lot of that stuff as well. So you probably get it better than I do, but I'm a big Jack Black fan. So I was kind of happy to see him pop up, whether he fit in the universe or not. I don't know, but thank you for the feedback. I, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, and of course, the last one comes from uh, Derek O'Neill who is another friend of mine from the podcastical world, and he says, there was so much brilliant uh, entertainment in 2023, it's hard to pick favorites, so here's my top three. Uh, number one, Wheel of Time had the best finale of the year. Epic battles, awesome character moments, so much good stuff. I agree. Man, I, I, it was, I wished I was able to be a bigger part of the Wheel of Time podcast this year, but uh, scheduling, I was only able to jump in on a couple episodes. So when it comes back for season three, I'm going to be back full time. I promise it. 
Uh, number two, The Last of Us was my favorite show of the year. My number two. Uh, I loved the Bill and Frank episode, but there was so much more. And a tour of as Tess was brilliant. Henry and his young brother Sam's story was heartbreaking. And the overarching story of Joel's return to humanity, gu- guided by Ellie, was beautiful. Man, agree with you 100%. Number three, the intro of Shudigatwa as the new doctor and the farewell to David Tennant and Catherine Tate with the help of an excellent Neil Patrick Harris dance sequence was epic TV. One, It was my number five. De- Derek, you're hitting, man. You're, you're really hitting with all three of yours. And Shudigatwa, man, I can't wait to see what they're going to do with him this season. Uh, As for movies, Oppenheimer was without a doubt the best I saw last year. I thought it might have just been the spectacle on IMAX with a full theater, but I've watched it at home now multiple times, and it's excellent. Great central performances from Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, and Robert Downey Jr., and so many standouts in the supporting cast. Amazing. Agreed. Agreed. Again, 100% agreed. My number one movie of the year, and I said it earlier, no offense to the holdovers, which Brandy chose, and or any other movie that we might have mentioned that's nominated. This is Christopher Nolan's year. I'm not even the biggest Christopher Nolan fan. I'm a fan. I'm not a absolute like must see everything he does fan, but I'm a fan, and this is his year. I can't deny it. Can't deny it one bit. This is his year. This is Killian Murphy's year. This is Robert Downey Jr.'s year, and maybe even Emily Blunt's year. We're gonna wait and find out, but. We're going to do an Oscars episode. We talked about it. You heard me talk about it earlier. We did it last year uh, with Brandy coming back on. And, of course, my great friend Paik from the Run for Your Lives podcast and also previous episodes of Wilhelm. He's going to be coming on, and we're going to do the Oscars episode again. We're going to talk about our picks for who we are going to who we think is going to win, and we'll do the full rundown of the categories. And, uh, yeah, that'll be coming up in early March. So keep an eye out for that one. Thank you to everybody who left me feedback for this episode. I greatly appreciate it. We got a lot of top five episodes coming out throughout this year, as well as debates, movie reviews, things like that. So keep your eye out for posts because that's where I'm going to be soliciting for feedback. If you want to uh, do that, you can go to facebook.com slash Wilhelm podcast. Give the page a like. That's where all those posts are going to be. Uh, There's even a Facebook group uh, that's just called, uh, you know, uh, review and feedback. I believe that's what it's called, uh, that you can join. I will post a link on the Wilhelm Facebook page. So again, facebook.com slash Wilhelm podcast. Go like that page and you'll see, eventually you will see a post there uh, on how you can join that group and you can leave feedback in there as well. So keep your eye out for those posts. Leave your feedback for whenever we announce a top five and you can give your input and I will read it. Or instead of commenting on those posts, uh, keep your eye out for the posts on what the upcoming episodes are and you can just send the email to me directly at feedback at wilhelmpodcast.com and that way you can send it to me as an email or you can even record yourself in the form of a voicemail and you can send that to me and I'll play it on the podcast. You guys deserve to have a voice. That's what this is for. I invite people on. So if you have, if you have a movie, you want to hear me review. If you have a top five list, you want me to do, if you have anything pop culture related movie or television that you want to hear me talk about, uh, if you want to be on the podcast, just make sure, send me an email feedback at wilhelmpodcast.com. It's the easiest way to do it. And I'll reach out. I'll contact you to see what you want to talk about because you might come on. 
Also, once again, keep an eye out for the the Patreon page, which is going to be launching in February. I will put up a post and even record a video letting you know what the tiers are going to be, what's involved, giving you a full rundown and breakdown of what the Patreon is going to entail, what, what it goes for, and all of that. So keep an eye out for that as well. Uh, in addition, I'm going to be doing a video podcast. I call it a video podcast. It's it's a it's a vlog. Let's just be real. That's that's what it is. Uh, and it's called I Have Thoughts. It's going to be another extension of the Wilhelm podcast, similar to what the Revisited podcast is, also an extension of the Wilhelm podcast, spinoff, extension, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and there I'm going to give general thoughts about life. I'm going to give general thoughts about things happening in the world. Uh, and that's where I'm going to do a lot of movie reviews as well. Uh, so if you're interested in my spoiler-free reviews, that's most likely where you're going to to hear them or see me give them in, in those I Have Thoughts videos. So look for the, the screening, um, uh, my spoiler-free review of Argyle coming up. Uh, this week, actually, uh, from what you're hearing this, because I'm re this releases on Monday, uh, and I'm going to see the screening on Tuesday. So hopefully by Tuesday night or Wednesday, I'll be posting that, sc that spoiler-free screening. So we shall see. Uh, thank you to everybody for leaving me feedback. Thank you for everybody for sticking it out for this episode, because I know it was a long one, and I promise you, going forward, they're not going to be this long. The Oscars won, maybe. We don't know. It, we'll see how much we have to talk about. But normal top fives, you're looking at like an hour to an hour and 15. So uh, less than half <laughs> as long as this one. So thank you for sticking it out if you're here this long. Um, make sure you go, uh, if you enjoy the podcast, go to wherever you it is you download your podcast, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Uh, or you can do it right directly on the website, wilhelmpodcast.com. Leave the podcast a review. It really, really helps me out. It helps uh, for new people to be able to find the podcast and to hear it. Um, and again, if you, just, if you have something you want me to do, uh, top five lists, retro movie review, anything at all, let me know. Um, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Again, apologies for being so, for running so long, but thank you for sticking it out. Thank you guys for, for liking, for subscribing, for all that you guys do. Uh, but until next time, I'll see you guys very, very soon on another episode of Wilhelm. Bye-bye.